0: You
1: ready? 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 Ready?
2: hello everybody and welcome back to another edition of the missy ae podcast tonight we bring to you sports whispers weekly where we cover nothing but sports for the duration of the show i am your host steve kent and i am joined currently by lou uh we have a lot of stuff to get uh to get to tonight we have mlb free agency underway and a couple of well, there was one big signing that I know of, but uh, a couple of other signings have also occurred as well uh, so far this week. We also have the college coaching carousel uh, to talk about. We have, we have some, uh, I believe, some upsets as well to discuss in college football. We got uh, Antonio Brown. We got, hell, probably an hour Antonio worth clown. of a rant uh, by me on, uh, on Matt Patricia to get to as well. Uh, and a whole bunch of other stuff. I believe we have Diane, uh, as well with us, uh, currently. Yes, we do. Uh, so why don't we get to it? Uh, first off, we're going to discuss the world cup because, uh, currently we are down to the knockout round and our first two teams officially eliminated, have been the United States and Australia at the hands mm-hmm. of the Netherlands and Argentina. Uh, first off, with the United States, the Netherlands knocked off the United States 3-1 to one today off of goals by Denzel Dump, Daily Blind, and Memphis Depay, or Depay, however they pronounce it there. <laughs> you you know, uh, just so call Memphis. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Just so. Just Memphis. Then. Uh, right. And the U. The USA. Their lone goal came from Haji right towards the end of the second half. So <laughs> here's the here's the problem with the United States. The 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 how they got to where they to where they ended up. Uh, they started off with a tie over uh, against Wales one to one they ended up tying England in a scoreless tie 0-0 which shocked everybody and then they ended up narrowly defeating Iran by a score of 1-0 right. in order to advance to the knockout stage the knockout round where unfortunately they fell to the Netherlands and the Netherlands Lou uh was actually dealing with the with the flu in the lead up sure. to uh, this World Cup matchup. They still win anyway. Uh, I, I mean, let's you know, let's just get right to the point. Lou. What went
3: wrong with the United States for them? They to, have good to defense, but they didn't early? have the right offense for it. I mean, the offense was just too tough uh, for us to handle. And of course, you know, with uh, the Netherlands being you know the powerhouse that they are, sort of, you know, it may, it is may very very tough uh, for it. And of course. With the with the injury to our star, our star player, uh, that kind of says that kind of says back a bit as well. So was it, there was a number of factors that you know played into it, and got to, right. like the rest of us. Yeah, there was
2: there was definitely a number of factors. I I will say though, P- uh, Pulisic did play today.
3: Pulisic though,
2: so, yes, he did. It, so it's not it's not like the injury uh, kept him out of the game. He, he did play uh but the, the uh, you know uh, nobody i don't think anybody expected the usa to even beat the netherlands anyways considering no, well, uh, even even though the united states had 58% possession to finish the game so the united states actually won the possession game they just didn't win the scoring game uh between both clubs uh diane did you get a chance to watch any of uh any of the world cup
1: no.
2: Oh, okay. Um, well, it's. I'll tell you one thing. I definitely missed today's game because, uh, let's face it, I I was passed out still at the time. I mean, ten o'clock, ten o'clock on a weekend. You're not going to be seeing me waking up early, in order to, uh,
1: right.
2: in order to watch a soccer game. But I did catch the uh, I did catch the replay, and. Here's my problem with this with this year's USA club. I felt they were missing quite a few players that could have uh, that could have helped produce. Uh, I mean, if they want to go, if they want to focus on defense, I think Brandon By probably would have been a good selection to to pick off of uh, on the defensive side, and he ended up being left out. Uh, there were a few others. Uh not not saying I disagree with uh Matt Turner as uh as you know goalkeeper I'm not I don't disagree with that at all. Uh however, I do think that there were quite a few that could have been uh that could have been brought up like Zach Steffen for one, uh mm-hmm. who plays in Manchester City. I'm kind of surprised that uh considering Stefan is Bearhalter's guy when it comes to uh when it comes to goalkeepers. As a matter of fact I believe he played under uh Bearhalter when he was in major league soccer, I think. Uh so I'm kinda of surprised that he didn't uh take Zach Stefan. Uh there were a few uh, there were a few others too that were kinda of surprising. Uh Ricardo Pepe was somehow left off of the roster this year, mm. uh, which a lot, a lot of people felt that they really could have used Pepe, but I think he was left off of the roster for uh, Jesus Ferreira. Um, I, I, either Ferreira or maybe it was Aronson that he was left off of the roster for. Uh, but, you know, the, the real problem that I saw with the, with this game, though, is that they didn't start Carter Vickers on defense and they didn't start uh, they didn't they didn't start Gio Reyna, period, at all this entire World Cup. And I'll tell you one thing, Ferrera yes. or yeah, Ferrera, he looked completely lost out there at the yes, striker he does. position. He looked completely lost. As soon as they replaced him at halftime with uh, Gio Reyna, all of a sudden the offense started to get going. And you know, I told, I told, you, I told you guys this last week. If yes. There was if, if they're going to have any shot of, of competing, they would need to. They would need to start to incorporate skill into the game, into their roster. Putting in Gio Reyna. And putting in Carter Vickers would have provided skill. They chose not yes. to do that. So ultimately, you know, ultimately they deserve what they what they ended up getting. And in all honesty, Lou, I would not be surprised at all if Bear Halter gets the uh, gets uh, fired because of this. Neither would I. I mean, hell, they fired Bruce Arena for you know, for for not uh not qualifying for the knockout round last World Cup. Right. But I I guarantee you Arena probably mm-hmm. wouldn't have made the stupid the, the same stupid decisions that Bearhalter made. I mean, Bruce
1: yeah,
2: Arena so. has No, I mean, Bruce Arena, granted it's it's completely different in MLS, but Bruce Arena has actually won an MLS Cup.
3: That's true. To be fair, for our
2: side. You know, that's why I, I guess it was kind of surprising that, uh, you know, they didn't really do much under Arena, and that ultimately ca- caused him to get, uh, you know, to get fired as the U.S. men's national team head coach. Uh, but. Now, though, I mean Bearhalter, mm. he last coached before he became the men's national team coach. He last coached for the Columbus Crew SC in uh, in Major League Soccer, and so far as coach for the men's national team, he, which he was hired in twenty eighteen, he, he's thirty seven, thirty seven wins, twelve draws, and eleven losses. Uh, we have a goal differential of plus 77 which you know is is pretty good but i i guess i guess it, ha, it it has to be because of maybe it's because some of these players are still getting uh are still growing up i mean this uh, this was a pretty young squad yeah. that they put that they put out there this year
3: the youngest ever i think
2: isn't it i th- i think it was so, I don't know, you know, maybe maybe it's because they, you know, they, they were a young squad. But still, I mean, better decision making could have been could have been uh had by Bearhalter. And actually I uh yeah. I you know, I, I was wrong. Bearhalter actually did win an MLS Cup. He won the MLS Cup as a player for the LA Galaxy back in oh, twenty eleven. yeah before he retired.
3: That long uh, ago. Wow.
2: Yeah, that long ago. He retired in twenty eleven and then he went on to coach uh Hammerby out in uh Sweden. Hmm. I forgot about that. Uh meanwhile over in uh in the in the other matchup, Argentina with a two to one victory over Australia. Off of That's goals by Julian alvarez goals by Julian Alvarez and Lionel Messi uh with Australia getting a goal uh it was actually an own goal uh by Enzo Oops. Fernandez the uh the goalkeeper for Argentina so uh that ended up being two one so Argentina will now move on to face the Netherlands in the uh quarterfinals of the world cup and mm-hmm. if i can bring up the uh if i can mm-hmm. bring up the thing here uh our next matchups we have japan and croatia and brazil and south korea and uh, there's actually something uh tying into into brazil here actually if i can bring it up here uh brazil, brazil they they may have neymar back However, they will be without nah. Gabriel. Jesus. They'll be without Gabriel Jesus, and they will also be without Alex Tellis for the rest of the World Cup due to injury. Uh, in particular, uh, T- Telles had to be substituted in the 54th minute, uh, with Jesus then leaving the pitch 10 minutes later when Brazil lost to Cameroon on. Uh, Yesterday, actually. Uh, they ended up undergoing tests this morning, and an MRI on their right knees confirmed the extent of the injuries and the impossibility of recovery in time to participate in the World Cup, according to a statement that was made. Uh, it's also a huge blow for, for Team Brazil because Jesus' arsenal are on the top of the Premier League, and they're going to want their star striker fit for uh, for when the competition resumes yeah. after the World Cup, so that's why he's being held out. And Telles is on loan at Sevilla uh, from Manchester United, so it looks like it looks like this is basically uh, more along the lines of stars or clubs trying to protect their
3: stars, basically. Don't uh mm-hmm. that? Natural Soccer? Well mostly. Yeah, the okay uh both
2: of their so both of their clubs from what it sounds like, it sounds like Arsenal, uh of the Premier League and Sevilla uh are both making the decision to have both Gabriel Jesus and uh and Alex Tallis sit out of the rest of the world cup. That's pro you know, that's, uh, what it sounds like here, Diane, because, because of these injuries, mm-hmm. because w- when you think about it, the world cup is only just a, uh, you know, during a certain time frame. these, uh, these yes. teams mm-hmm. want to make sure that these players are good to go for when the world cup or when the world cup ends. And, uh, you know everything resumes
1: the, mm-hmm.
2: uh, their seasons in the uh, Premier League.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, England's top soccer league, by the way, Diane.
1: hmm
2: Yeah, it's the, it's the top soccer league, just like uh, just like how the NHL is the top hockey league in the uh,
3: right. in the world. I'm sure but, you yeah. know that you don't really follow soccer.
2: Well, we do have a few a few other uh, soccer uh, things here first. Uh, Neymar did return for Team Brazil to training on the pitch for the first time since he suffered an ankle injury in Brazil's 2-0 win over Serbia. Uh, he warmed up with his teammates and participated in drills before doing specific recovery work, which was accompanied by strength coach Ricardo Rosa today. Uh, sounds like... It sounds like uh, his availability against South Korea is questionable. However, uh, it does. If he can't play, looks like center back Marquinhos could switch to the left, and 39 year old Danny Alves became the oldest Brazilian to start a World Cup match against Cameroon, could be tried out on the right side. Uh, However, uh, it says, if, T- if Tite uh, opts to use Real Madrid center back Eder Militao as a fullback, as he did in the absence of Danilo against Switzerland, Brazil would have no other defenders to sit on the bench. So these two injuries could actually serve as a pretty big deal for Brazil moving yeah. forward the, the the longer that they go into this
0: World Cup.
1: I'm guessing Brazil is good, <laughs>
2: Uh yeah, yes. they're considered to be one of the favorites for this year. Okay. They're considered to be one Those of the fans. favorites. Okay. Yep. Uh teams the you know, honestly Lou, the teams I'm looking at right now, I'm looking at Argentina. Um I was looking at Brazil, but before these two injuries, now I don't know where yeah, they might it's, sit. taken out of it. I mean, I'm assuming Argentina will beat Netherlands, which in that case they would probably then match up against yeah. Brazil in the semifinal.
3: Oh, uh, it's a
2: good. On the other side, you know, we have England and Senegal. We have France and Poland. We have Morocco and Spain. Senegal. And we have Portugal and Switzerland. Yeah, Senegal is the first uh, the first round matchup for England. Yeah. So honestly, from
3: what it, team, right?
2: And you know, from what it looks like here, honestly, I think we may get a semifinal matchup on this side of the on the other side of uh, of the uh, bracket. Here, we may get a semifinal matchup of England against Portugal. I'm I'm kind of thinking.
3: Oh boy! Oh boy! Oh boy! If only did How long does
4: the world until?
3: until the uh, 18th oh. of December.
4: Okay, oh, yeah, so it's almost over.
3: Two more weeks. Yeah. Like I said, it's almost over. <laughs> right, halfway there. Oh okay. Yeah. But yeah, Lou, basically,
2: uh from what we're from what we're seeing here with two teams already eliminated, the United States and and Australia. I gotta think that it's it, if you're looking at potential favorites for a world cup final matchup, I would say probably Argentina and you know, yep. maybe England. Cause there's been, so, there's been so much hype around England this year for some reason.
3: They haven't won since what? Uh, when was the last time to gateway actually? Uh, been a while.
2: It's been, yeah, it's been quite a while, I think, that they've uh, that they've won. Let me let me look at the uh, at the thing real 56? quick here. Um, there wasn't a World Cup in '56. Let me check. Uh, wow, won, that's a long in, time ago. <laughs> they won in '66. Did they, they win
3: recently?
2: No. Well, that's what I'm looking okay. I'm looking here. Uh, the closest that they got was, a th- was they finished in fourth place in
3: 2018.
2: Yeah. Against okay, Belgium. That's against Belgium, who has since been eliminated. Uh, but... You know, I think they could, poten- they could potentially take it for the first time uh, since 1966, where they beat West Germany. However, though, I mean, it's. I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be very hard to try and top Messi when Messi is is still one of the top players in all of soccer. Right. And it doesn't seem from from how he's. Uh, you know, from how he's performed so far it doesn't seem like he has he has any signs of slowing down whatsoever so uh I would be very surprised if we don't see if if we see a team other than Argentina uh from our side of the bracket in the uh, finals uh also a little bit of news uh from Soccer in regards to a soccer legend. Uh, unfortunately, it looks like the end of days are coming or are upon us for Brazilian soccer legend Pele. Yeah. Earlier today, it was reported that Pele had been moved to end-of-life care and is only being treated for symptoms such as pain and shortness of breath. Was that like uh, yeah, he's been moved to end-of-life care. So it's technically oh, hospice care, I guess I guess you could say. Um, but so over you know, with the same week. Yeah, possibly. Yes. Uh, the hospital, though, does say that he is in stable condition. However, though, uh, he has been dealing with cancer, I believe. He's been battling colon yes. cancer uh, for a while oh, now. Wow. And wow. yeah, uh it says here that he had stopped responding to chemotherapy treatment for the cancer. So uh basically his body is essentially uh beginning to shut down from what it sounds mm-hmm. like. But Pele though is easily the top uh Brazilian star in all of Brazilian football, and actually he may he may, or in Brazilian soccer, and actually he may be the biggest
3: soccer star I think to
2: potentially have played the game.
3: Exactly. You should have seen him as a, a player on the Cosmos back in the seventies. I mean, he was bigger than, than even both baseball teams combined. Where are the Cosmos? I've heard of man, Where are the Cosmos? New York. Okay. <laughs>
2: Yeah, they were uh they were a team uh based out of New York. They actually played in three different stadiums. They played in uh Yankee Stadium, Giants Stadium and Oh, what was the third one that they played? They played in one other stadium. Nassau. I think. Nassau, okay. Uh so it's yeah, he was there for three years, I think, played in 64 games and recorded 37 goals. And that was basically uh, the end of his uh, playing career. Um, But uh, he, I mean, this is just how astounding that his stat line was in 636 games playing for Santos in Brazil. He scored 618 goals missing only like basically 18 uh 18 goals away from being a goal per game player essentially uh in career Brazil or in uh career international games uh 92 games he had 77 goals internationally for uh team Brazil and actually let me see was there I believe he played in the World Cup Yes. I would assume. Yeah, yeah. He won three World Cups. He, he won three World Cups with Brazil uh, back in 58, 62, and 70. Um, let's see. Actually, um, the New York Cosmos, uh, he won the Soccer Bowl for the North American Soccer League in 1977. And yep. he... And also the Atlantic Conference Championship in '77 as well. Uh, there's also a couple of other a couple of other uh, cups that he that he has won throughout his career. But you know, arguably he's considered to be one of the most decorated uh, soccer players in soccer history. And unfortunately, it sounds like uh while he is being while he is responding well to treatment for a respiratory infection uh his cancer treatment has officially reached the end of its cycle so uh it's he's basically living on borrowed time right now
3: as it stands so this would be the second
1: mm-hmm.
3: so this would be the second death in the sports world in the past week we could be dealing with News the first? Yeah, well. Steve, you might know Diane, you might or might not know. Um you've heard of the picture Perry, right? I'm yeah. Wondering. Oh yes. That's right. Yes. Where are you? <laughs> yeah. He passed away. Um, he
1: on?
3: Wednesday. He was Where on he was was the different right? Um no I don't yeah, I, no it was not about Minnesota let me look that up again or was I calling him Mr Spitball? Why are you calling that? Oh that's right he's the one he he invented the spitball Well, he was he was with the American League so we're gonna look we're gonna look this up okay so he passed away on when he passed away on Wednesday he first came with the. Mariners and then he went to World okay, let's look at it again. He, he ended actually with the
2: Mariners.
3: actually no, he
2: started off with the Giants back yeah. in sixty two. He uh actually he was quite the journeyman. Uh he went from yeah, the Giants much. from the Giants from sixty two to seventy one, then from seventy two to seventy five uh, from '72 to '75, he played with Cleveland. Cleveland. Then he stopped. Then he stopped at Texas from '75 to '77. Uh, the Padres from '78 to '79. <sighs> Back to Texas for one, for a for a little bit in 1980. Then he visited the Yankees in 1980, as well. Yes, he did. Uh, he also had a stop with the Atlanta Braves in 81. He spent two years or parts of two years with the Seattle Mariners from 82 to 83. And then he finished his career with the Kansas City Royals in 1983.
3: Before they went to the World Series. Wow, yeah. well, this, guy, this guy got around. <laughs> That's like right on the journeyman. Yep, and yep. he uh, he was also he was also inducted as
2: a member of the National Baseball Hall of Fame uh in nineteen ninety one, his third year on the ballot, uh, with a seventy seven point two percent of the vote. And as you said as you said, Lou, he was uh, he was known for throwing spitballs uh and perhaps even more for making batters think he was throwing them on a regular basis.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um he was a five-time All-Star, a two-time Cy Young Award winner. Cy Young. Uh, he, he led the league in wins three separate times. Uh, he also pitched a no-hitter uh, on September 17th of 1968. Uh, he mm, has that's his true. number 36. His number 36 is retired by the San Francisco Giants and he is part of the wall of fame of the giants as well as the hall of fame of the cleveland guardians/indians
3: the guardians but he never used
2: that
1: game
3: thank you yeah it's, it's kind of hard it's kind of
2: hard to get used it's kind of hard to get used to it i say Guardians, everybody since ever, everybody is so used to the Cleveland Indians, Cleveland Guardians just doesn't roll off the off the tongue that uh, that much uh, better at all. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Gaylord Perry, though, uh, did finish his career with a record of three hundred and fourteen wins and two hundred and sixty-five losses, with a career mm-hmm. earned run average of three point eleven. Mm-hmm. And he had three thousand five hundred and thirty four career strikeouts as well.
4: This guy must have been good.
2: <laughs> he was good.
3: Okay. I think I had him on spoiled straight covers. hmm.
2: And unfortunately, uh he he actually contracted COVID nineteen uh last year and he never fully recovered from it. Uh, he ended up dying two days ago uh, at the age of 84. Though I don't think it says from what, so I'd assume it's from natural, natural, causes. Causes. natural causes. Natural causes. Natural causes. Okay. I wonder if they may if they may attribute COVID 19 as part of the reason, though.
3: It's possible since he never
2: fully since he never fully recovered from
3: it. It's possible. Right. We will now, never know. Uh, we, no, I think we will know at some point. We just won't know right away. Right. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll know. We'll
2: probably know at some point, but it it just it it'll probably take a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do have a, we do have a few uh, a few championship games going on right now in college football. Yes, we do. Uh, Currently, the Michigan Wolverines have a slim four-point lead over the Purdue Boilermakers what? in the Big Ten Championship, uh, which can be seen on Fox by a score of fourteen to ten. Currently, uh, with about five and a half minutes to go in the second uh, quarter, in That's the a Subway ACC in the Subway ACC Championship game, which can be seen on a, on ABC. The Clemson Tigers have a 21 to 7 lead over the North Carolina Tar Heels uh, to determine who will win the ACC title. There, uh, some finals from earlier today: the Georgia Bulldogs uh, reasserted their dominance over the SEC with a 50 to 30 win over the LSU Tigers in the SEC I title game. I'm getting closer. I kind of did too, Lou. I'm not going to lie. I expected a I expected a, a little bit of a closer game, but Stetson Bennett he put on one hell of a show. Uh, yeah. 274 yards, four touchdowns for uh, the Georgia Bulldogs. I mean, it's you know I I'm kind of looking at the teams that are uh, in the running potentially for for the uh, national title and. At this point, why don't we? Why do we even need to run a uh, to run a playoff? Just just give the championship to Georgia. You know, yeah. there hasn't really been a team that's really even come close to beating them this year. So, you know, at at this point, they're they're basically playing on a whole entire different level than than anybody else in college football right
3: now. Yeah.
2: Well, I mean, I mean, mean they have mean, been challenged all this year. Yeah, but I mean, taking a like, maybe their closest matchup was a twenty-six to twenty-two win over Missouri, which is actually yeah. kind of surprising, considering the fact that Missouri, uh, at the time, they were two and three, and let's see where did they finish? They finished off at six and six, so. Yeah, uh, they had so much trouble against a six and six team, mm-hmm. but and it looks like uh, in the NHL right now, I I need to see who got that goal. I think that might be Frederick's second of the game. Uh, by the way, the Boston Bruins are completely dominating the Stanley Cup champion Colorado Avalanche right now, four to one. They're dominating the whole league. Period. I know it is, it is a, uh, quite a bit of a surprise. You know, we talked earlier, um, Jesus earlier best. today about this, the fact that the, uh, that the Boston Bruins have for some reason, uh, bringing Jim Montgomery in as the head coach has all of a sudden revitalized this team to, you know, because there, there was so much – there's so much talent. On, and make it 5-1. to one.
3: Jake DeBrusque joins the, joins the party. Yeah, this team was unbelievable this year. Not that I'm a Bruins fan. I never will be. But I will give credit to the phenomenal job they've been doing this. And we're only like six, seven weeks in the season. And look at the damage they've already done so far. Right. It's
2: almost six Yeah, now. and it's – it's the uh, hun- the one hundredth career goal for uh, for Jake Debrusque here. I mean it's okay. it's, it's flat out asto- it's flat out astounding the the numbers that they're putting up this year. I mean let me standings okay. here. Uh hopefully, hopefully they have it broken down by um Okay, let's see. So Oh, believe it or not, New Jersey actually has more goals scored than they do. New Jersey uh-huh. entering today. Good. Entering today, New Jersey has New Jersey. Uh, needs
1: goals for...
3: <laughs> New <laughs> Jersey
2: had ninety three they had ninety three goals. Uh the Bruins had eighty eight. The Bruins now just made it up to ninety three. Uh let me let's yeah. actually hopefully they have a hopefully they have a breakdown of goals for uh what the average of goals per game is. Uh, well the Devils no, are doing
3: so well. Wow.
2: Yeah, the Devils, you know, they're continuing they're they're continuing to stay on the right path right now, uh, from what it looks like Good. here. So it's definitely uh definitely a uh a, a great turnaround year finally for uh for the devils so let, yeah. me, hear, let me bring
4: you yeah,
3: where is okay, in case
4: so... you don't know steve i am a devil's fan
3: he
2: yeah. knows okay yeah i know uh okay. so here we go i found i found the official stats uh the bruins actually lead the league with 3.95 goals for per game second place is Second place is the Dallas Stars with 3.88 goals per game, followed by the Seattle Kraken. Seattle Kraken are third best in goals for per game at 3.78. Yes. However, their problem is they're also one of the worst teams in goals against per game, giving up three goals per game as well. Uh, But
4: could the fact I'm,
2: that
4: they're I mean, an expansion team have anything to do with that? Yeah. Yeah. I can. Yeah. I
2: can kind of see that being a possibility as to why they're. Uh, the fact that they're an expansion team, and you know, they're not really. They don't. You know, they don't have the same prospect pool and everything that. No. all these other teams have. I mean, I mean, j- just think about it. When they first came into the league, the teams that That's they picked players from, the team, the teams that they picked players from, they only gave them a select amount of players to choose from. So, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, a team like Boston, they aren't going to make like, oh, Patrice Bergeron available for the Seattle Kraken to potentially
4: take. No,
2: or a David Pasternak. So you know Seattle isn't going to get those big players, uh, but they are. They, you know that you know they kind of remind me of little? No what? They kind of remind me of the of the Vegas Golden Knights from their first year.
3: Yes, yes, of course.
2: That's when
3: King Yeah.
2: They're uh, they're an expansion uh, they're an expansion team and they actually you know they did really really well in their first year. So Seattle Ooh, this year, team. Seattle this year at least at the beginning, reminds me a little bit of the first year Golden Knights. And uh, yeah. the biggest surprise though, Lou, probably uh, Martin Jones is the main reason why they're actually as good as they are he's the third ranked goaltender in the entire league right now which is kind of hard to believe i don't the, but it,
1: who's the first ranked goaltender <laughs> uh
2: that would be linus allmark of the boston bruins who
3: bruins.
2: uh enter Entering today's okay. game was 13. He was 13 and one with a two goals against average. Mm-hmm. Uh, although, although following today he'll be 14 and one. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
2: But right, right now though it looks like we're going for Vezina Trophy finalists potentially. You're looking at Linus Olmark, Logan Thompson of the Vegas Golden Knights, and Martin Jones. Of the Seattle Kraken, I never thought I would see Martin oh, Jones Thompson. and Vezina. Well, yeah, I mean, right, right now, so far, Logan Thompson has played the has played the most games uh, out of the three uh, that have been. Actually, no, Martin Jones has played the the most games out of the three that have been mentioned. But uh, Logan Thompson does have. Well, let me see. Where is? he has the second best numbers in terms of save percentage and goals against average. Uh, he does have more saves though. Uh, but that may be just because he's played more games than Omark. But Omark right now yeah. at the very least uh, as of right now, Omark has the uh, top goalie stats in all of the league. So, uh, and I guess, you know it's kind of odd to think about this Lou that he you know a lot of people said that he could be this good when he was uh previously a member of the Buffalo Sabers everybody was looking at him as being a great goaltender if only he could stay healthy and so far from what we've seen in his time in Boston, he had a pretty good year last year and now he's putting up a a tremendous start to start the season
0: this year. So
2: uh, definitely helping his cause. And although, you know, I will say though, I don't know what to think about this matchup uh, tonight, considering the fact that the Bruins are, are facing uh, Colorado's backup goaltender but yeah. both of their goaltenders both of their goaltenders, uh, Frank and uh Georgiev, who is the starter, uh both of them the last couple of games haven't really performed that well. So uh, No I haven't. You know, I don't know I don't know really what to think actually about uh them currently currently winning five to one. But uh the one thing the one thing I'll say about Colorado, I think maybe there's a little bit of a Stanley Cup hangover, but I don't think it's yeah, that bad sure. compared to pre, compared to other teams in uh yeah. in previous years. But uh you know, Colorado, they're still a very tough team. Uh I think they I think they'll inevitably bounce back. You're probably going to be seeing them in the playoffs this year uh they are dealing yeah. with a couple of injuries so you know once they get back to full health uh you know once they get Gabriel Landeskog back and a couple of others no. uh they should probably get back to the top of the mountain uh in terms of uh contenders for the uh for the Stanley Cup but yeah that's definitely uh, there, there's definitely uh a little bit of a Stanley Cup hangover there. But uh, looking at the rankings right now in the uh, in the standings, the New Jersey Devils, they still lead the Metropolitan Division. And good news, Diane, it is a comfortable 10-point lead uh, mm. over the Carolina yeah. Hurricanes. So mm-hmm. right now, uh, the Devils are nowhere near any danger of uh, potentially no. losing their playoff spot. Uh assuming they keep uh they keep the trajectory uh going the way that it is right now. Uh they're yeah. currently twenty. They do. They're, yeah, they're currently twenty, four yeah. and one uh wow. for the season. Uh twenty wins, four losses, and one overtime loss or shootout loss. Uh wow. for the New Jersey Devils. Uh Carolina's right behind them. Uh, with 31 points New York Islanders and Pittsburgh are tied with 30 and you got the Rangers on the outside looking in uh, there in the Metropolitan Division Washington for some reason they're below 500 so I can't really say anything about Washington I don't know what the hell is going on with them Uh, this may be one of Ovechkin's last few years I think potentially uh... as his career starts to starts to starts to wind down here
3: when do you th- when uh, do you think he, um, 800 though uh... didn't he get 800 not yet is he huh. almost there he is he's within maybe digit- this year yeah i i figured that but you know is he like gonna have what like, you know like uh... like in say january or like um... Like an early favor, like you know, like I'm thinking maybe before the all star break I think he hits it. Right. Uh, see, per- break. In mid january Steve, pretend you to hear that question because right. I'm gonna ask you that next week. So pretend you hear that question. Okay. Uh, Thank you. yeah, I mean
2: he's currently wait a minute. So he entered the season at seven hundred and eighty. Let's see where he is now right now at least. Uh in terms of goals for the season. Let's see. Roster Where's O V, where's O V. There he is. O V. Ovechkin has thirteen so he he's only seven away oh. right now actually. Seven ninety three. He could actually you know, he could he could realistically get that before the All Star game. So I don't think I don't think uh, he's that far he's that far out, Lou. You could you could see it actually before the All Star Game because I mean currently he's got thirteen he's got thirteen goals and
3: twelve assists right now. So if he goes on the streak, he has yes. But as we all know, we've seen you know before where they're in striking distance and then they go into like a slump. Say uh, Aaron Judge. Well, I baseball I it's You get the—I mean—they're so close to it, but then they seem to go in like a lull, and it takes you know like a few more games or like like two weeks to hit it before you know they hit that milestone.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it it it, it really depends. But right now, he he just seems to be their primary option uh, on offense to the point of where you know their whole team for some reason is having a hard time trying to produce so i have a feeling if uh you know he's probably going to be that first option when it comes to goal scoring so uh, i wouldn't be surprised if he gets it before the
3: all-star break next thing i would say it's going to be before christmas yeah probably it could happen but i'll ask digger no, the show it no. won't happen before it won't happen before christmas Aha. Uh-huh. Okay, I guess I'm just I doubt getting it. a
2: little bit of myself. I, I, I mean, I doubt it. Unless he scores, like, literally every single
3: game before
2: Christmas, maybe. Mm. But well, I, I, I mean, I he's only seven away,
3: and it doesn't take only seven goals. Well, no, by his standards. It doesn't.
2: Yeah, it, do- it doesn't. I mean, if he does, maybe if he has a couple of two-goal games, he could get it fairly
3: quickly. I wouldn't put out the question. uh,
2: The Boston Bruins, they just beat the Colorado Avalanche, so they have improved to 20-3 on the season
0: uh, for 40 points. Uh,
2: That puts them five points ahead of the Toronto Maple Leafs in the Atlantic Division, uh, and about 11 points ahead of the Tampa Bay Lightning uh in the Atlantic as well. Tampa Bay has twenty nine points. Detroit uh has twenty seven points. Detroit right now would be in a playoff
3: spot. They or are no, improving as they tied. have been because they haven't had the haven't made the the playoffs now in uh seven years. So this has been quite an improvement from what the Detroit we have seen uh in more uh recent years. Right, yeah. They, they haven't made it since what, the Zetterberg years,
4: I think? Yes. Oh, uh, yeah, So this was would that? be actually Probably a very long time ago.
3: Uh, like they said that it's been seven
2: years. Yeah, like the mid the mid twenty tens, I think. I forget when Zetterberg retired, but uh
3: Yeah. They mm-hmm.
2: made it in if I recall correctly, I think they made it in Datsuk's last year as well. I could be wrong. Let me double-check, actually. Uh, Datsuk, when did you retire? You retired in... Oh, actually, never mind. You retired this past year. But Mm -hmm. your final year in Detroit was in 2016. So, let's see. 2016,
0: where are you? Right here...
2: Uh yeah. Their last uh their last year was in twenty sixteen when uh they were eliminated in five games. Because mm-hmm. so, uh Pavel Datsuk was basically part of every single Detroit Red Wing uh uh playoff yeah. game. That basically snapped their straight playoff streak, I believe, as well, too. So, um, by the way, what what number was I looking at here? Oh, uh, speaking of the Toronto Maple Leafs, with a point tonight, Mitch Marner has now recorded a point in his 19th consecutive game. Uh, This now sets a new Maple Leafs franchise record, breaking a tie with Eddie Olchik and Daryl Sittler. Uh, which they previously had 18 consecutive games with a point recorded. Mitch Marner now has the record with 19 consecutive games. Hmm. So that's definitely, uh, that's obviously Austin Matthews isn't really, uh, isn't really uh, cooking up uh, anything yet, but Mitch Marner definitely has so far this year. All right, Uh, a little bit of boxing news. Uh, Tyson Fury officially retained his WBC title today over Derek Chisora uh, with a win by technical knockout at 2 minutes and 51 seconds of the 10th round uh, via a right uppercut. Uh, Chisora was able to get back up. And put his hands up, but as he did so, he then stumbled back for, or he stumbled forward into the referee, and the referee then waved off the fight yeah. uh, immediately following that. Uh, Tyson Fury then called out Alexander Usyk at the end of the fight, which uh, drew no reaction uh, from Usyk, and it's expected that. The next fight for Tyson Fury, if he does, uh, can if he does want to fight again, will be against Alexander Usyk, okay. uh, presumably, pre- presumably for U6, uh championships.
3: Yeah,
2: but that's left to be seen, obviously. Uh, yes. Also, going over to the UFC, you know, I uh, I wish I had said this on your show, Lou, because I completely forgot about this. Uh, But uh, there is some controversy in the UFC uh, or in MMA in general. What else? uh, In regards to mixed martial arts coach and former UFC fighter James Krause,
3: uh, Ah.
2: as uh, fighters who remain involved with James Krause will be temporarily banned from participating in UFC events pending several investigations into suspicious betting activity according to the UFC's announcement yesterday uh, the Nevada State Athletic Commission informed Kraus on November 18th that his corner license was suspended and and would remain so as the Commission investigates the happenings of a November 5th fight between Derek Minner and Shailen Nord Nord that triggered multiple gambling investigations per the UFC uh, Krauss was in Minner's uh, was in Minner's corner in the fight. As Minner had been uh, Minner has since been released by the UFC, uh, according to the promotion uh, in a statement made yesterday. Uh, the
3: UFC has
2: since advised Krauss and the respective managers working with impacted fighters that effective immediately, fighters who choose to continue to be coached by Krauss or who continue to train in his gym will not be permitted to participate in UFC events pending the outcome of the aforementioned government investigations. Mm -hmm. Furthermore, the UFC has released Derek Minner from the organization. Uh, And here's the thing. Multiple sportsbooks reported receiving unusual betting interest on Nordenbieke to win by knockout in the first round and for the fight to last fewer than two and a half rounds. The odds on the fight moved dramatically in the hours leading up to the featherweight bout in Las Vegas with Nordan Bieke moving from a two twenty favorite to a four twenty favorite. And just or just thirty seconds into the fight, Minner threw a left kick to Nordan Bieke's body and immediately grimaced and reached for his left leg. Nordon Bieke closed go. in and Minner and Minner then went for another left body kick before Nur Danbieke dropped Minner with a knee to the head and finished on the ground with elbows. Uh, the PKO stoppage came at 1.07 of the first round. And the unusual betting action prompted an investigation by, uh, the U- by U.S. Integrity, which is a Las Vegas firm, that works with sports books and gambling regulators to monitor the betting market uh, the ufc also said it was investigating the fight with its partner don best sports uh, the investigations as i said are still ongoing uh, in, in addition the Athleta, the or the nevada state athletic uh, athletic association is planning to take disciplinary action against minner for non-disclosure on his pre-fight medical form during a December 14th meeting according to executive director of the uh, Nevada State Athletic Commission Jeff Mullen. So I you know it's obviously you can't really you can't really tell uh whether or not somebody's going to take a dive or something because you would think if anybody was going to take a dive it would be the person it would be the fighter that was favored right the fighter that was the underdog and of course or you know uh, you know who would uh if 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 you wanted to manipulate because from what it sounds like here lou it kind of sounds like they're accusing uh fighters of manipulating betting lines
1: mm.
2: and if this was the case, then Minner would have picked up an easy an easy victory but from what it looks like you know it kinda it kind of just looks like to me that that the guy just got dropped now, obviously, I would have to see a replay of this
3: uh you know I mean maybe
2: you know i it's it's hard to really to really react to this because i don't know exactly what to take of it because we've seen flash knockouts yeah. happen before we've seen we've seen quick knockouts happen before in the ufc uh, sure are. so you know winning with uh, winning a minute and 7 seconds into the first round wouldn't really be much of a shock so what's your take on this, Lou? Uh, the fact that uh, the fact that a that a UFC coach uh, or an MMA coach has been suspended uh, due to potential illegal betting activity. I mean, that, doesn't oh, shock? Like, doesn't it kind of doesn't it, and, and here's the thing: they're not the ones that are placing the bets. It would be different mm. if like they were if they were betting on their own fights, but they're not betting. They're not the one placing mm-hmm. the placing the bets, so it, doesn't. this seem sort of suspicious the fact that uh, the UFC is is taking this sort of stance, considering the fact that they have a betting agreement to begin with.
3: Yeah, it does. But in the same thing, I'm not surprised by this. I mean, you know, under under suspicion that I mean. UFC and MMA, you know, they don't always play with the book anyway. So um, this doesn't really shock me at all that there, you know, there's some controversy about about what's going on here. I'd be surprised if it wasn't controversy. Oh, huh.
2: well, it's you know, it, it's just it's just kind of weird. I feel because of the fact that. Uh, you know, they have a betting sponsorship and everything, and yeah. you would think that if there was going to be, if there was going to be anybody taking a fall, uh, it would be the person that was favored to win the fight. You would think that the person that was favored to win the fight would be taking a fall, uh, so that a lot of money could be won, uh, by people betting for the, for the underdog. So. I don't know, it, Maybe. I just – I I guess I don't get why this is such a big deal. I it guess maybe be. because of the fact – I guess maybe because of the fact that uh, there are two the, – there was an increase. Uh, they went from like minus two something to minus four something. So maybe that's hmm. why there's investigations because usually – uh, when there's betting on fights, uh, normally the line doesn't move that quickly.
3: No, that's a very slow needle that's moving around. Yeah. So, I don't know. but uh, Obviously, though, uh,
2: there's probably going to be more to this uh, uh, moving forward. And... I mean, for all we know, maybe James Krause, once everything gets cleared, maybe James Krause will be allowed to coach in the UFC again. But uh, it just seems, it seems very odd, the fact that, uh, that this has come up here. Uh, we do have another stat here in the NHL. Uh, Patrick Kane has become the third active player to reach the 1,200-point club joining both Sidney Crosby and Alex Ovechkin. And actually, he becomes the fourth U.S.-born player in NHL history to record 1,200 points, joining Mike Madano, Phil Housley, and Jeremy Roenick as the four U.S.-born players in NHL history to record 1,200 points. And among that group he required the fewest games to reach that milestone. Uh, Kane Kane did it in 1,130 games played. Mike Madano had done it in 1,201 games played. Roenick, 1,318, and Housley, 1,428. So I think it's actually pretty impressive, the fact that Patrick Kane was able to do it in only 1,130 games played yeah all right. Uh, moving on to some college uh coaching activity here. Hugh Freeze has agreed to a deal to become Auburn's next head football coach,
1: uh-huh. according
2: to the uh, school on Monday. Uh, Auburn administrators, including Athletic Director John Cohen, met with football staff members earlier in the day to tell them about Freeze's hiring. Uh, They were planning to meet with the players at 6 p.m. Eastern that day, and Freeze was scheduled to arrive on campus later Monday evening. Uh, According to a statement that was made after a thoughtful, thorough, and well-vetted search, we ended where we started with Hugh Freeze. Of all the candidates we considered, Hugh was the best fit. Fit has several meanings, but the most important factors were student-athlete development, football strategy, recruiting, and SEC experience. Uh, His contract with Auburn is set for six years at an average annual value of $6.5 million per year. Uh, Freeze had spent the the, the last four seasons at Liberty, where he took the Liberty Flames to unprecedented heights. He's widely regarded as one of the top offensive minds in the game, and this will be his second head coaching stint in the SEC as he led Ole Miss' program from 2012 to 2016. Uh, he also beat Alabama and Nick Saban in back-to-back seasons in 2014 and 2015 and kept the 2015 season with the Rebels' first Sugar Bowl victory since 1970. However, though Hugh Freeze has a little bit of a uh of a past uh so Uh-oh. you know you can you can you can kind of put it that way. Uh yeah. in particular, uh there was evidence that uh Ole Miss employees and boosters had arranged numerous impermissible benefits for players such as car loans and cash back in 2016. Um Let's see, let me bring let me bring this up here. Uh so I guess Freeze apparently was accused of not monitoring his assistance and also accused uh Ole Miss of not properly controlling the the uh the program um that was uh that was going around uh freeze had continued to recruit players during the investigation six Ole Miss players later said that freeze and other Ole Miss officials repeatedly lied to them during their recruitment about the severity of the pending charges against uh the school after the charges became public th- th- those players had asked the ncaa to issue a waiver to rules that would have prevented them from transferring to other schools which those waivers were then later granted um, then uh, Houston Nutt, who was Freeze's predecessor, uh, had sued Ole Miss for defamation, contending that Freeze and school officials had conspired to smear him with false claims about these charges. Uh, and that was then later settled uh, by Ole Miss, and a public apology to Nutt was then issued. Uh, also, as Part of discovery for the lawsuit, Nuts attorneys had filed a Freedom of Information request for calls that Freeze had made on his university-issued cell phone during January of 2016. Upon reviewing those records, Nutt's attorneys discovered a call to a number associated with a female escort service and uh-huh. alerted Ole Miss officials about it. Freeze claimed it was a misdialed number However, school, school officials investigated sure. and discovered what they later described as a concerning pattern of similar calls, dating back to shortly after he arrived in Oxford, at least a dozen calls over 33 months. Often made while Freeze was traveling on business trips using Ole Miss's really? private plane. Uh, then he was given an ultimatum in 2017, either resign or be fired for violating the morals clause of his contract, which he then opted to resign. Uh, in that situation, offensive coordinator, Matt Luke was then named the interim coach. Um, Mm. and thus after he left, uh, Ole Miss was then punished by the NCAA for the recruiting and academic violations committed under both Houston Nutt and Hugh Freeze um, for the specific things that I had said earlier. The punishments had included a two-year postseason ban, three years of probation, and a four-year ban on some scholarships. Uh, as well, the NCAA had forced Ole Miss to vacate 33 wins from, 20, from 2010 to 2016. So mm-hmm. as a result... 27 of freezes wins were stripped from the books and his record at Ole Miss is now officially 12 and 25 while he was, uh, while it was 39 and 25 on the football field before the, uh, before the uh, sanctions had been put into place. So needless to say, he's, you know he's there's no uh sort of uh thing when it comes to he's no stranger to scandals essentially no um but uh, you know i'm kinda, i'm just i'm kind of surprised i guess that auburn would be willing to take on that sort of baggage right but uh i guess apparently uh their first uh their their pro, primary uh primary coach uh, was going to be oh i forget who who was it that it was that it was going to be um, oh let's yeah. see here real quick
3: uh it
2: looks like oh lane kiffin that's who it was lane kiffin
3: Lane was
2: going to be the front runner for Auburn, mm-hmm. but then a whole bunch of, a whole bunch of stuff happened, and uh, Lane Kiffin basically confirmed that he would that he would be staying at Ole Miss instead.
3: So, uh, also,
2: Colorado, uh, the Colorado Buffaloes, have offered their head coaching job to NFL legend Dion Sanders. Uh, who is expected to arrive in Boulder tonight to accept the head coaching job, according to Ross Dellinger of uh, Sports Illustrated. Uh, Colorado's Board of Regents has called for a special meeting and a grand celebration is planned for tomorrow. Uh, Dion Sanders, of course, uh, is the head coach of Jackson State, who were just in a... Football game of their own today, defeating the Southern University Jaguars 43 to 24 for the SWAC East title. Uh, I believe it says here. So uh, he finishes with an 11 and 0 record as Jackson State's head coach, and now he will be moving to Colorado uh, to try and turn around that Colorado Buffaloes uh, football team. Uh, so that should be definitely um a bit of an interesting task for him to undertake here. Uh also a little bit of news too. Uh former Nebraska Cornhuskers interim head coach, Mickey Joseph, was arrested for strangulation and domestic assault yep. after an alleged altercation on Wednesday uh lincoln p Lincoln police had announced the l p d said officers responded to a domestic service call from joseph 's home in Lincoln at around two p m and after an investigation, he was arrested at a separate location and taken to jail uh Nebraska athletic director Trev Alberts released a statement uh, on joseph 's arrest announcing he has been placed on administrative leave um they have no additional comment at this time. Uh, Joseph had taken the reins for the Cornhuskers after Scott Frost's firing back in September, going 3-6 and six as their interim head coach. Uh, Matt Rule, of course, uh, was announced yeah. as Frost's replacement last Saturday, and he had high praise for Joseph, who was slated to be Nebraska's wide receivers coach and associate head coach under the new regime. So after this, who knows if that's gonna if that's gonna remain? Yeah. And then we go from the bad to the ugly. Uh, mm. Florida Gators. Florida Gators backup quarterback Jalen Kitna, who is the son of ex NFL star John oh, yeah. Kitna was arrested in Florida on Wednesday at around 3.20 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on five separate charges, which included two counts of distribution of child exploitation material and three counts of possession of child pornography. Jalen, who was a touted recruit out of Burleson High School in Texas, committed to the Gators in 2020, He joined the team in 2021 and was a red shirt for his first year. Uh, He saw his first on the field action this season, making his debut against Eastern Washington in October. In total, he's appeared in four games for Florida with his best performance coming against uh, Eastern Washington, where he threw for 152 yards and a touchdown. There had been speculation that he could start the team's bowl game later this year if Anthony Richardson, a coveted NFL draft prospect, would opt out of the contest. Uh, He has since been suspended indefinitely from the Gators football program as a result. Uh, The Gainesville Police Department says it executed a search warrant on Wednesday at Jalen Kitna's Florida residence after it received a tip. That a discord user had distributed an image of child sexual abuse material through the social media messaging platform according to cops investigation revealed that the account belonged to kitna and an additional image making two total had actually been distributed from it cops say that when they made the contact with kitna at the residence he told them he remembered sharing the two images Mm -hmm. but he believed them to be legal since he had found them online. Uh, police say Kitna admitted he should not have shared the photos. Cops claim as part of the search warrant that uh, his, electronic devices, his electronic devices were seized, and they say that an ensuing search revealed the Florida Gators football player was in possession of three additional images of child sexual abuse material. Uh, they arrested him and then booked him on those five charges a short time later. So I guess all that can really be said Lou is uh his football career is, and quite frankly a big chunk of his life probably over with. That's over, point. yeah. I mean what a what a way for 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 somebody to completely throw away their fo- their, their career. Or just to do it in general is sickening. Yes.
3: Bullish, you know have that sort of stuff it's way that, that's not the way that anybody wants to go out, but that's how you know it is it is you know very upsetting to hear that, yeah hmm. uh
2: okay after after starting the season off four and one and now losing their last six games in a row to fall out of bowl contention. Uh, and even a victory over their biggest rival uh, last week wasn't enough to save the job of former, now former, UNLV Rebel head coach Marcus Arroyo, after uh, Athletic Director Eric Harper has announced on Monday that they are planning to move on from Arroyo, who went 7-23 and over three seasons as UNLV uh, head coach. He had two years left remaining on his $7.7 million deal, uh, so he will be paid a a, a $2.3 million buyout over the remainder of that term. Uh, As such, uh, if the team is invited to a bowl, then associate head coach and linebacker's coach Kenwick Thompson will serve as the interim coach for that specific game. Uh, it says here that they could play in the bo- in the postseason because there might not be enough six win teams to fill all of the bowl slots. Uh, another team that is looking for a new head the Western Michigan Broncos have fired their mm. head coach, uh, Tim Lester. Uh, the the decision comes after Lester went five and seven this season, his first losing season in six years as head coach. Uh, Lester went a respectable thirty-seven and thirty-two over six seasons, and twenty-six and twenty in MAC play. During those six years, Western Michigan did not appear in the conference title game or win the MAC West. Uh he had 3 years remaining on his deal and the school is expected to pay him a $500,000 buyout. Hmm. Uh looks like hmm. Let's see. It does not say uh who would replace him if they end up going to a bowl game. So hmm. Uh speaking of speaking of which <laughs>
3: well, uh, remember that's not until tomorrow that they'll all be announced. Yeah, they'll all be announced tomorrow.
2: So uh what we're probably gonna do just uh just for a uh a little bit of a teaser for next week, we will probably give our goal yeah. picks for next week. All right. So um I'll do half
3: of mine. We will
2: uh Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. know what? That's what I'll do. Uh, that's what I'll do. Because um, you said you were going to do it for your show. Uh, I will get your official picks on your show for okay. the, ha- the half of your picks on your show, and then we'll do the other packs, uh, the other picks on here. Um, and I'll of course get those submitted to. Uh, for uh, for games, gridiron.
3: Yeah, um, like let's see. Um,
2: but sticking with football, let's talk about Matt Patricia. Oh yeah, and, here we go. And the Patriots' lack of an offense, I'll call it. What uh, the Patriots? Obviously, this was a big rivalry game, Patriots and the Bills, on Thursday night football. Uh, I've said it since the beginning, ever since they decided to go with, when they decided to not name an official offensive coordinator, Lou, I I remember telling you this was going to be a complete clusterfuck of a season. And here we are. I don't think there's a lower low. And and let's 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 remember something here. The Patriots they struggled against the Jets when they won 10 to 3 against the Jets. That's one thing. But now literally the same guy who scored a touchdown in that game by doing a uh, by returning a kickoff for uh for all of those yards for a touchdown. The same guy who is responsible for the Patriots only offensive touchdown this entire game on Thursday night with Marcus Jones i I guess Patricia thought that he's such a genius that oh I'm gonna take a defensive player put him in as a running back and have him uh have him basically uh you know run as part as part of the uh you know, part of our offensive uh, of our offensive matchups, and they decided to do that. He ends up catching. Uh, Mar- Marcus Jones ends up being the lead Patriot receiver with two catches for fifty-one yards and a touchdown. The next lead receiver after him was rookie Tyquan Thornton, who had two catches for 31 yards. Then you had running back Ramondre Stevenson with six catches for 24 yards. You have Jacoby Myers, three catches, 22 yards. And then just just to put down, just for the sake of argument here, Nelson Aguilar, two catches, 17 yards. Devontae Parker, two catches, 16 yards. Kendrick Bourne, one catch, 15 yards. Hunter Henry, two catches, 10 yards. Johnu Smith, two catches, six yards. Now, I know what everybody's saying. Mac Jones is not, uh, you know, Mac Jones uh, isn't the answer at quarterback, yada, yada, yada. Right. This isn't on Mac Jones. This isn't on Mac Jones whatsoever, and james white uh you know patriot legend James White even said that he believes that Tom Brady would have acted similarly to Jones uh after Jones uh lashed out uh it said they, they showed it on on uh, on t v they didn't they didn't show who he was lashing out at, but it it's assumed that he was lashing out at uh Matt Patricia. Uh, in particular, uh, he said, and I quote: "Throw the fucking ball." The quick game. Started. So why don't you throw the ball, stupid? The quick game. Started. Well, because he's he's following what what Patricia wants him to do, yeah. who he wants him to target. Uh, basically, Mac jo- Mac Jones is, was uh, I assume was yelling at Patricia, telling him. to, to, you know, call more deep ball plays. Stop it with the dink and dunk pass bullshit, essentially. Uh, Jones Jones had told reporters after the game that he wanted the Patriots to throw the ball deeper down the field and regretted letting his frustration get the better of him. Uh, Basically, he said that he kind of let his emotions get to him. Uh, And he said, what I said about, or what I said was about throwing it deeper within the short game. I got to execute that part better, but it's the short game that we kept going to, which is working. But I felt like we needed chunk plays. I shouted that out to kind of get everyone going. That's emotional. That's football. I'm passionate about this game. Obviously, you don't want to let you don't want to let your emotions get the best of you. I think that's pretty much it. It wasn't directed at anybody; just emotion coming out. We kind of needed a spark. Uh, right. Jones claims, though, that he's still on the same page with Matt Patricia. It, uh, he says it was just saying, "Let's go for it. Let's be aggressive. Let's take those shots. Just go down fighting," and he claims that Matt Patricia was on the same page. Ah, uh, bullshit. Patricia exactly. only, Patricia only cares about one person, and that's himself. Himself. He only cares about he only cares about trying to make himself look like a genius by putting in sure. an, by putting in a defensive player at running back, and then having Mac pass oh, to genius. him for a touchdown. Uh, even as as well, Kendrick Bourne even called out Matt Patricia about. Uh, about how there needs to be accountability uh and in particular also uh third uh in in terms of third down execution uh he even said we need to scheme up better and basically it's it's a whole thing about the inability to generate offense uh he said in particular we need to get the ball downfield I think Mac needs more time. He's obviously running around, so it's hard to get the ball downfield when you can't really have time for him to throw. No knock to, no knock to the line. It's just what we need to work on. The receivers can't do nothing if the ball can't get downfield. If we can't throw it past five yards, it's going to be a long game. Uh, Bourne said yeah. that the Patriots have the plays in the playbook and the players on the field to get it done. Uh the i mean this is just how bad it is the new england offense 242 yards against the yes. buffalo bills yes. they were down for 10 they were down by 10 the entire game until the until the basically uh late in the fourth quarter when buffalo extended it to 24 to 7 and then new england uh new england instead decided let's just kick a field goal at the end to uh, try and come away with something, I guess. Uh, and also, you know, there's been multiple teams that have said that, – that have, uh, you know, multiple players have said that they have called out the plays that the Patriots are running on offense. So it's – you know, there's no secret uh, as to – if if Patricia thinks he's, he's, you know, trying to trick teams – Teams are not fooled by what he's running. No, it's it's very clear and simple. What the hell? He what you know? What what type of uh, what type of passes and plays that he's running out there on that field? So you know, I think, and this is what sucks too, Lou. About this, yes. is the fact that Mac is now is now going through during a year that he's supposed to be taking a step forward he's taking basically two steps backward,
3: essentially. Exactly. Which,
2: you know, if anything, uh, I mean, hell, even uh, Dan Orlovsky of uh, ESPN has said that Mac Jones should ask for a trade from the Patriots. And so basically uh, he said, if I was Mac Jones and his reps, team and this offseason uh, there are no plans for a true proven offensive coordinator to come into New England I would ask to be traded mm. uh, which I mean honestly you know it's true It's uh, this literally screams that Belichick is trying to do Matt Patricia who is a defensive minded coach a favor by giving him a spot on the coaching staff, and they're, they're you know they're instead giving him uh, this is this is who you have running your offense this year. You have Joe Judge, who is a special teams, uh, you know, a special teams guy mainly, a special teams coach uh, that's partially running the offense, and now you have Matt Patricia, who's a defensive coordinator pretending to be an offensive coordinator.
3: Uh, I mean, this New England
2: team, you know, it, it kind of makes you wonder, Lou, what would have happened if Josh McDaniels hadn't left for Vegas and had stayed huh. in
3: New England? No, I kinda, well, I don't think that Vegas would be in with their, I mean... I don't think uh the Patriots would be in the in the dumpster where they are now. I mean they're they're just barely holding me on. So it right. has I mean, you know it, yeah.
2: You know, it's it's I guess it's just that simple of a question. Is it the yeah. fact that the Patriots don't have an offensive coordinator? Is that literally all the problem is here? I think so. I I mean, Lou, look at these numbers. Uh I'm gonna read off these numbers here. Last year, last year he he threw for three thousand eight hundred and one yards mm-hmm. with twenty two touchdowns and thirteen picks under Josh McDaniels. This year, oh, and he got sacked twenty eight times. This year, he's thrown for only one thousand nine hundred sixty three yards. Granted, he was injured uh, a couple of games too. So seven okay. touchdowns. Seven picks and he's been sacked twenty-five times. I mean, is this just a you know, is this just a case that they need an
3: actual offensive coordinator? Yeah, and that's it. Well, you know they they do need one, and since they don't seem to have one right now, uh, they have to, they have to get somebody. They fill the spot.
2: And I gotta tell I gotta tell you, there's been rumors going around that Tom Brady might return next year. Of course, I guarantee you he's I guarantee you he's not returning if Matt Patricia is your offensive coordinator. I definitely wouldn't. No. I mean, G- Jesus, you know but... Honestly, this team has almost become unwatchable, and you know, I can't believe I would say that you know being a patriots fan, yeah, but there's only so much that a defense can do. if Belichick thinks that absolutely sucks at off at, at calling the offense as his offensive coordinator and still be able to field a successful team, I mean then that's bill basically just that's Bill's ego essentially saying i can put whoever i want at coach and i can prove that you know i can prove that it's it's me that i'm responsible for the success not the players yeah. another thing too that you kind of have to wonder is maybe this is bill's final year
1: mm, i, I didn't mean think of that.
2: Did, he did say he he originally did say he didn't want to coach into his seventies.
1: He is yes. seventy
2: officially this year. So, you know, I'm almost wondering is this his words? Huh. Of, well, that's specifically what he had said in a uh, in an interview that uh, he wasn't going to make the same mistake as uh, some other coaches who have coached
0: well into their seventies.
3: Yeah.
2: So, you know, this this brings up another question, Lou. Is
3: Belichick on the hot seat? I would think he is. You know, it's, if Adrian's team has not been the same since Brady, I mean, when you have Brady, I think uh, Belichick's job was more secure. Now, I'm not so sure. So, there's, yeah, there's gonna, I think there's going to be some changes made, and yeah, it's going to start with him. Yeah, it's it's just really you know I either either Belichick's on the
2: hot seat or Belichick's retiring is kind of what makes me think here, and yeah. uh, it's going to be really it's going to be really horrific if Matt Patricia is named as the uh, as as the uh, new head coach if if Belichick retires. Yeah. I mean, I'm just I'm just looking at this team and thinking, you know, Robert Kraft the owner to be looking uh, at his team and saying, what the fuck are you doing? You know, why, yeah. what I'm wondering is why hasn't more, why hasn't more pressure been put on Belichick to, to actually do something here? And first off, they had Bill O'Brien available, ready to go from, uh, from Alabama. To be named, uh, everybody thought that Bill O'Brien was going to be named the yeah. offensive coordinator this off se- this past off season, but no, Bill didn't want to upset his uh, his little buddy uh, Nick Saban, know. and take away Bill O'Brien, even though Bill O'Brien would have been the perfect coordinator for Mac Jones. Dogshit Patricia, which. Uh, I mean, let me let me take a real quick look here. Actually, at the uh, at the standings here, the Patriots they currently field. Well, they're not the worst offense in the AFC East. That belongs to the no. Jets, actually. Uh, Talk about franchise. The Jets. Yeah, the Jets. The Jets have the worst offense by about 19 points. Uh, but let me look. Uh, the Steelers' offense is worse. The Colts' offense, the Houston Texans' offense. Mm-hmm. Hell, even the Titans' offense is actually
0: worse. Well,
2: actually, no. They have a better offense than all of the AFC South. All of the AFC South have less than 249 points. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have a better offense than the Broncos. That's not really saying much. Uh yeah. They do have a better offense than the Giants, I guess. The Giants have 225, the Commanders have 233. Mm-hmm. The Buccaneers only have 200. I don't know. You know, I I just I don't really yeah. know what to say what to say about this when it comes to Patricia, but there's been games that we could have won this season if Patricia was not our offensive coordinator and it was somebody else. If it was, if it was somebody else, I guarantee, you know, somebody who actually knew how to call offensive plays, I guarantee you the Patriots would probably be in a much better spot than where they are right now. Absolutely. Six. And as it stands right now, if they were to, if the season were to end today, they would not be in the playoffs. Right. So, you know, as far as far as Patricia goes, I, I gotta I gotta say this: either move him to defensive coordinator, or def, or or an assistant, or whatever, at the end of the season, or just fire him. Because you're not gonna go anywhere him. with him as you're not gonna go anywhere with him as offensive coordinator, and you damn sure ain't going anywhere with him as head coach. No he was awful in Detroit so that being said uh, you know I did promise I was going to give a rant but I've kind of cooled off on that a little bit Uh, let's go over to from one head case to another head case as we have Antonio Brown currently holed up oh yeah in his Tampa mansion
0: uh,
2: and a arrest warrant has officially been issued for Antonio Brown on domestic violence charges. And it's over him throwing a shoe that struck his a shoe, that, that struck his fiance in the ponytail, yeah. a yeah. shoe. Yeah and it's it, the warrant is based on a misdemeanor battery charge of a of alleged domestic violence that occurred uh on november twenty eighth uh Brown's fiance is also the mother of multiple children with him as well uh they right. unsuccessfully they unsuccessfully tried to serve him the warrant on thursday uh when he would not come out of his house whatsoever mm-hmm. um so not only not only did he throw a shoe at her head striking her in the ponytail but he also locked her out of a tampa residence with some of her belongings as well according to t v station w t v t out in uh out in tampa which is a uh local fox affiliate actually uh wish again brown uh w t v t in in Tampa, I think. Okay,
3: well, oh yes, yes, for
0: that. Yeah, it's a
2: it's oh, a uh, fox
3: it's a fox affiliate, I guess. Right.
2: Yeah, um, it, I think it is. Tampa attempted to serve Brown the warrant at the same residence, but he declined to answer the door. Uh, WFTS, an ABC affiliate, reported that officers tried for over an hour to get him to emerge by knocking on the door and using a megaphone. So it's you know it it just really seems like at this point it's it's basically going to be a stalemate for quite a while. Uh Sam Brock who was a Miami correspondent for NBC News tweeted that police said they were on, they were not sure if Brown was even inside the home and they did not want to risk officer safety over a misdemeanor charge. Um WTVT also reported that the Tampa Police Department had filed a temporary risk protection order against Brown that would have prevented him from possessing a gun or ammunition but a judge denied the request as uh, right. it's been you know there there is a uh, a legitimate fear that he may have one or multiple guns inside the house apparently So, and you know, the, I, I said this earlier today, and I, I'll say it again. This literally st- – like, I can point to one incident that has started this whole entire yeah. down spiral for him. And that's when he got hit by Vontaze perfect all the way back when Burfecht oh, was yeah. the uh when Burfecht was a Bengal and Antonio Brown was a Steeler. I remember. After Brown – after Brown got hit in the head like he did. I just got I just got three letters to tell you. C T E yes he he definitely has brain damage.
3: He has to yes. there's you no know,
2: so. there's there's nothing more that I can I can really think of that would explain why we've seen uh so many incidents so many incidents involving Antonio Brown over the last couple of years. So what are your thoughts, Lou, on all of the, uh, on all the stuff that's gone down with Antonio Brown, including the most recent uh, issue here?
3: He never, he never learns. I mean, he, he gets arrested for um, having to with a truck driver, and he had to pay him over a million bucks, and he got uh, probation for two years. They let him go after a year, okay, and you know, that was that. Then he gets in trouble again, uh, some domestic incidents. I mean, Brown gets to a murder, he he does it again and again. I mean, when is this guy gonna get the message? I mean he is, you know, without a doubt a, a complete moron. As they said as they said on my show, I mean, this guy this guy doesn't know, you know, when to when to stop committing all these ridiculous acts. You know, Someone's gotta be dying. Yeah, it's just—it's
2: completely—it's—it it's just—it just winnings- yeah. reeks. It reeks of CTE, basically. It's got there's be- no other explanation. There, he has to have some sort of brain yeah. damage.
3: Well, I do kind of feel sorry for him on that case, but you know, you have—you still have to think before you do anything. You know, obviously he's not thinking with a clear yeah. head. Well, of course Obviously, you don't have it yeah. when with um when you've had CTE, but you know, I mean, this guy is this guy needs a lot of help. Yeah. Before you say anything else, that's that's stupid.
2: Right, yeah. It uh it's just unfo- and not, you know, since then he's yeah. gone on to also he's gone on to also uh kind of trolled Tom Brady on social media by posting multiple mm. images of, of uh, multiple clearly Photoshopped images of here, of of him and Giselle and even posting a Photoshopped image of presumably a nude of presumably a nude Giselle Buncheon when it's clear that it's Photoshopped anyways, but still, uh, you know, it's just, this this guy has just completely lost it, period. Yeah, like he's basically past the point of no return at this
3: point. That is sad, though. I mean, they had that had to come to that. You know, I mean, CTE yeah. is nothing to be is not to be you know messed with. And you know, once somebody has contracted that, they're not the same person. You know, I'm sorry I'm right. to say. I mean. I really do feel sorry. For, I really do feel sorry for him. Um, but of course, there's no excuse for him to, you know, you know, break the law again, again, and again. You know, right? First, you know, with this, that. I mean, because what's going on? Cause he's not only becoming dangerous to people, he's also becoming a danger to himself. Yeah. You know. Let's bring in.
2: Let's bring in Alex to get his thoughts on this. Alex, uh, welcome to the show. We've been. Uh, we- We've been talking about Antonio Brown and his and his standoff that he had with police earlier this week. Uh, What are your thoughts on uh, when it when it comes to Antonio Brown? uh,
0: Basically, he's facing an arrest warrant for domestic violence. I was on the road earlier, guys. Thanks for letting me join in real quick. I know it's a little late, but uh, I just was listening to what Lewis said. I couldn't agree more really becoming a danger to everyone including himself um and that's CTE, even worse he, he, he definitely cte i think uh, without a doubt there's something going on internally upstairs i don't think i think he's acting out because of yeah. what his brain's been through did they even catch up to him i i heard varying accounts of whether or not he was even in the house is he still on the run quote unquote he, uh well that's out they
2: they have not. They have not gotten him into custody yet. It's unknown. Wow. Uh, it's still unknown whether or not he was even in the house. But there's uh, there's a fear that if he
0: was in the house, he may have had two guns with him. So yeah, that's awful. He's been acting so erratically. I mean, unfortunately, really anything could happen. It went from like yeah. him being kind of a clown show where people were just laughing or making memes out of them. Well, now it's, this is a Now man. he's got guns and he's, he could have a showdown with cops. Now it's getting really, really bad. It's not a joke anymore.
4: Right.
2: Yeah, and that's why that's why, you know, like I like I said earlier, uh the cops have been hesitant to charge into the place because of the fact that there's uh you know, they tried to get a uh they tried to get a restricted waiver uh through a judge when it comes to, uh, possessing firearms and the judge turned it down, uh, in regards to Antonio Brown. Um, so, yeah, it's just, and since then, you know, Antonio Brown has been going on social media, talking about the world cup, promoting his music and shit, uh, while police are basically,
0: in a standoff outside his house. He doesn't take anything seriously. He's above the law. Yeah, Yeah, and they're still actively actively trying uh, trying to arrest him. Well, I hope for to teach him a lesson and other people a lesson, You shouldn't be posting about the World Cup when you're wanted by the law. I hope he doesn't get picked up and then bailed out right away. He probably will, but he should be facing a lot more than what his original charge was if he's basically laughing in yeah. the faces of the justice system. And he's, I mean, posting on social media, like there's nothing wrong.
2: Now, I do think that he was at, at the home, though, because uh, the cops were initially hesitant uh, to allow the kids to enter the house, which the kids did end up entering the house. So apparently he is, he was at the house.
0: Right. Uh I suppose, because otherwise, I don't know how else they would have gotten in there. So wait, a second, so they got in, and then now he's gone again. Though he he took off again. No, they don't know, because the cops oh, you know, wow.
2: the cops themselves never entered the house.
0: Wow, it's a crazy story. Yeah.
4: So let's bring, let's bring
2: in. Uh... Yeah, go for it. We are we. Are we we have uh we have JB joining us uh now uh, i want to get his okay. thoughts on this as well uh JB what are your thoughts on antonio brown uh basically in in even more even more trouble now with the law and now he's involved in a uh, in a standoff against police
4: well oh, jeez i can uh i can remember you posting uh wasn't what uh, maybe a few days ago, maybe a week ago about Antonio Brown. And I thought, man, this this guy needs uh, he he needs uh, yeah. psychiatric help. He really does. Yeah. And yeah. you know, I didn't know about this new uh, you know thing going on with him. Yeah. Uh,
2: by the way, actually, I think it's kind of late for psychiatric help at this point.
0: Because yes, yeah, yeah I you know. Too.
2: Still, I, re- I mean, the damage has essentially been done from his uh, from his football career. Uh, the damage to his head has already been done, essentially. So I don't know if any amount of psychiatric help could even really
4: help him to begin with. <sighs> Yeah, uh, to say he's screwed up in the head, uh, you know, uh, that's an understatement. Yeah, no and that. that's that's just uh, – uh, how can I say it? That's just me talking, and I'm not a professional or anything like that. I mean, that's just me judging uh, Antonio Brown, and I'm sure there's maybe – you know, eighty, ninety percent of uh, everybody else that judges him too by just uh, reading what's uh, going on.
2: All right. Well, we do have we do have some uh, some injuries to report here. Uh, first off, the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, yeah. Anybody who's betting on uh, on any Los Angeles games, you can basically take whoever Los Angeles is facing yes. for that week. Uh, because, wow, the number of injuries they have this week. Uh, Allen Robinson, their big pickup from this offseason, he will be out for the remainder of the season with foot surgery. Uh, Basically an utter disaster, catching just three touchdowns and never going above 63 yards in a single game this year. Uh, 33 catches, 339 yards, and three touchdown catches. He has a stress fracture and will need to have a screw inserted into his foot. Uh, he's he's due for an $18 million cap hit next year. Uh, also, Aaron Donald is dealing with a high ankle sprain. Uh, he will not, I believe he will not play tomorrow, and chances are he may be sat out for the entire uh, rest of the season. Hmm. So then to add on top of it, Uh, Matthew Stafford has now been placed on injured reserve with multiple concussions, which will Mm. effectively end his season. He ends his season with just 2,087 passing yards, 10 touchdowns and eight picks. When we say, when we talk about hangovers, championship hangovers, I think it's safe to say that the Rams had one hell of a championship hangover this season. Yeah,
0: I was never really. And I, they were they were one of the least impressive Super Bowl winning teams in in my recent memory. And I've uh, yeah, I I, like a lot of people, I thought that I thought the Bengals were like a call away from winning that. So uh, yeah. the injuries are obviously a shock, but I I definitely didn't think they were going to build a dynasty or anything. I thought they kind of got lucky, and they're back to now they're kind of falling apart. I don't lucky.
3: Know. Right
2: yes. well, you know it's, kind of, it's, it's it's kind of funny that you mentioned that Alex, because you know everybody thought heading into that Super Bowl that the with the role that the Bengals were on that there was no way in hell that they would lose to especially after defeating Kansas City. there was yes. no way in hell that they would lose
0: to right. uh to l a and the Rams got a couple of huge calls inside of like three minutes left. I think there was like two pass interference calls and and then they were like a couple inches short of our first guy. it was just like two or three devastating plays went against the Bengals at the end. I'm sorry. I think the Rams yeah. got pretty lucky there. They got lucky.
2: Yeah, and effectively I mean the, yeah now we're now we're seeing uh we we're, we're seeing basically what and I believe they don't even have
0: a first round pick this year. I believe. No, they've mortgaged so, from the, the Von yeah. Miller deal, other mm-hmm. deals. They've they've sold the farm on. I think this year, the next couple drafts, their uh, the cupboards are pretty empty. They went all in.
2: Yeah, and also not to mention if they were if they were anticipating trying to re-sign Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, it sounds like there is considerable doubt that free agent. Odell Beckham Jr. can even return to play this year. Wow, I didn't realize that. Broke?
0: I didn't know
2: about that. Right. I mean, he's been he's been visiting with different teams. Uh, He was expected to visit with Buffalo this weekend. Uh, The Cowboys do remain the favorites for Beckham. Uh, It looks like that he's seeking a multi-year deal that hopes uh, ends up between, or that ends up being worth. 20 million per year with which if that's the case yeah. that would eliminate the giants uh out of any potential contract with him so uh you know if they were if the rams were looking to bring back odell beckham uh yeah he's not going to return for a team that's not going to the super Bowl, or that's not going to the no playoffs. so so effectively you could you could basically say that the uh you know that the L.A. Rams season is officially over. And Absolutely. Actually, let me take. Let me take a look real quick here. Let me see. Yeah, Detroit has their first round pick this year. So, uh, right now, I believe. Let me see where the Rams are. Six or no, they're three and eight. So let's eight. one, two. Wait. One, two, no, one, two, three, four. So, at best, they have the third pick. At worst, they have the fourth pick right now because they're in a tie with the Broncos. So, I would assume that maybe strength of schedule would determine uh, would determine that uh, who gets the third overall pick and who gets the fourth overall pick. But, so, that pick would then go yes. to Detroit. And wow. by the way, Detroit, Detroit did just activate James on Williams today. So, uh, James on Williams uh, will be making his, his uh, NFL debut for the, for the Detroit lions this week against the
0: Jaguars. Nice.
2: And from what it sounds like, it sounds like, uh, they are ecstatic because they believe that he'll make an immediate impact with what he would, with what he was showing them during practice.
0: Absolutely. He was a star at Alabama. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Speaking of Alabama, uh, mm-hmm. I'm so happy you brought uh-huh. that up. Yeah. With with the losses by TCU earlier today to Kansas State in overtime, thirty-one twenty-eight, and USC's loss to Utah, forty-seven to twenty-four, and mm-hmm. from what it sounded like, from what it sounded like during the Clemson game, or, or no, during the uh, was it the Clemson game or the Georgia game? I forget. They were interviewing right. Nick Saban. They were interviewing Nick Saban, and he sounds fairly confident that Alabama will be one of the four teams in the college football playoffs.
3: I don't think so.
4: I hope I hope not. And I'm I I don't want to sound anti-Alabama, but I believe their team about 2 seasons ago would be able to beat the team uh, this season. No problem. Yeah. Well, they're not as well, strong. as honestly, strong. I think, yeah,
0: right?
2: honestly, I think all of the uh, all of the Alabama teams from the from the Nick Saban era would be able to beat the team this year. Oh uh-huh. yeah.
0: Let someone else get right. a shot here. Come. It's a two loss team. They, they don't deserve to be able to stagger into the playoffs just on no. their name alone. Just on their name alone, they're not one of the top four teams.
2: Well, it wouldn't be the first time that a team has gone on that's gone that has gone into the playoffs based off of name alone. I mean, in particular, uh, if anybody can remember when Penn State, uh, I believe it was Penn yes. State that got. Uh, that got left out a few years ago over Ohio State despite having beaten both Ohio State and also having won the Big Ten title. Uh but they got right. left out. Uh they got left out because they had two losses instead of Ohio State who had just one loss with Penn State being that one loss.
4: Wow. Yeah, I remember uh Jim uh mentioning something in the uh uh whispers group about that. Yeah.
2: And you know, here's the thing that I'll say, it doesn't matter what your record is. I'm sorry, but nobody is going to tune in to the college football playoff to watch USC or TCU. No. At this point in the in the football season, all the networks cares about is ratings. They want the right. highest rating possible, and I'm sorry, you know, if 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 you're if you're a college football fan, are you going to want TCU or USC, or are you going to want Alabama? I'll take USC. Uh, I don't know if I would take USC after how they choked that game away in the in the second half.
3: Mm, yeah.
0: I mean, it it, it was basically. I don't like like the setup that they have right now. It's just, it's a popularity contest. There should be a a better, more concrete, black and white way to just say, okay, these people are. Ah, you know what? Now let's get let 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 them slide them in. Like, it shouldn't be a bunch of random. I know it's not random people, but it shouldn't be a bunch of commissioners or, uh, athletic directors or writers. So I mean, there's got to be a better way to just. I don't know. I don't know what the solution is, but it's unfair to whoever's on the outside looking in. You mentioned the other a couple of years ago, Steve. Penn State. What? I didn't even think, I didn't even think about that. They beat Ohio State, and then Ohio State got in over them. Absolutely not yeah. fair.
2: Yeah. Be, all because Ohio State had one
0: loss and Penn State had two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's absolutely. Heard. That's horrendous. There's got to be a more surefire way to get this thing handled than randomly, you know? Oh, uh, yeah. You know what? Let's get them in. And then the other team's going, W well, why not us? Yeah. <laughs> uh,
4: hey, Randomize uh, It's a random yeah. I'll yeah. I'll I'll be I'll be back, okay?
2: All right, all right, JB. Yeah, it's you know, it's just flat out ridiculous. Uh but however yes. though, it looks like uh there may be help on the horizon in particular in twenty twenty four the college football playoff will reportedly yes. expand. They will expand to 12 teams starting with the 2024 season. And uh, let's see. So, so wait a minute. Uh, yeah, it said in September they had voted to start the 12-team the playoff field in 2026, though they had left it open the possibility of moving it up to 2024 or 2025. But now it looks like the 2024 start is official. So here's how it would happen. Uh, The 2024 first round will happen the week ending Saturday, December 21st at the home field of the higher seed or at another site determined by the higher seed. Uh, Specific game dates will be announced later. The matchups would be number 12 at number 5, number 11 at number 6, number 10 at number 7, and number 9 at number 8. Uh, wow. for, 2024, for 2024 and 2025, the quarterfinal rounds and semifinal games will be played at Rotated Bowls. So uh, for the quarterfinals, starting with 2024, the quarterfinals will be played at the Fiesta Bowl, the Peach Bowl, the Rose Bowl, and the Sugar Bowl the semifinals would be at the Cotton Bowl and the Orange Bowl. Now, for the quarterfinals in 2025, those would be at the Cotton Bowl, Orange Bowl, Rose Bowl, and Sugar Bowl, while the semifinals would be at
3: the Fiesta Bowl and the Peach Bowl. Yeah. Uh,
2: As far as the title game goes, in 2024, that would be played in Atlanta for 2024. And in 2025, it will be played – or technically 2025, 2026. Uh, 2026, it would be played in Miami. So here's how it will go. The expanded 12-team playoff will be made up of the six conference champions ranked highest by the committee. Uh, no minimum ranking requirement necessary, and the six highest-ranked teams not among the conference champions. The four highest-ranked conference champions would be seeded number one through four and would receive first-round buys. The other eight seeds would then play in the first round. So basically if we're looking at the college football playoff right now and where everybody is ranked, uh, Georgia would be in Michigan would be in assuming TCU and USC uh, wouldn't fall that far down. They would probably be in Ohio state and Alabama would be in Tennessee Penn state, uh, Clemson, Kansas State and Utah. And Washington as well. So those twelve teams would all be in right now. Wow. If it would fall under that format. So I mean let's start let's start off with Lou. Uh Lou, what are your thoughts on the extended uh NCAA uh, college football playoff. Do you think it's
3: good for
2: the for the uh, for the sport?
3: Well, if you are not going anywhere below twelve teams yet, because then it gets watered down. So twelve, you know, I think is a legit number. Gee, I well, wonder what Nick Saban's saying now, since he's a year too, since he's a few years too late. Oh boy. <laughs> But uh it does more teams will bring in more compared uh more money to the schools and whatnot, maybe some more competitive uh matchups. Right? so yeah, yeah, i think it is good for the game. You know, if you putting it at that level. But if you go any further than that, then it's gonna then it's gonna be like mismatches. So twelve is fine.
2: Yeah, Alex, What Alex, what are your thoughts yeah. on it?
0: I completely agree with Lou. I think more is better. Uh, maybe shorten the season a little bit. But, yeah, I mean, we're not talking to, like, 90 teams or 100 teams. I mean, 12 is a good – what was it, 12 I'm was the number? short the season, shortened baseball.
2: Yeah, 12 teams.
0: 12 yeah, teams I think that's great. Then you get teams like TCU or Penn State a few years back that have a magical team that they deserve a shot. They're not from the big three or four brand-name programs, but every year there's a couple of schools that deserve it. Then like, a USC this year had a pretty damn good year. Yeah, then you yes, get twelve really really good teams. It's not really watered Nothing down until last night. Twelve is a good twelve is a good amount. Yeah, exactly. But twelve is a good amount for any any sport in any league. That's a good playoff run right there. Right.
2: Yeah, and
0: uh, you know another thing too is it would actually
2: make some of the bowl some of the bowl games more meaningful. Like it would be meaningful right. to actually be in a bowl game, as opposed to oh okay you know there are certain bowl games where you don't even see them play their start. You don't even see them play certain starters, you know, because certain starters are going into the NFL, uh, into the NFL draft. So hell, we're not in, we're you know, we're not in the playoffs. So let's just, let's just sit out a lot of our players, uh, that we would normally play. Now this will force teams to continue to keep their players uh in playing shape and mm-hmm. you know, actually make bowl games more meaningful
0: for at least those those top twelve teams. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's a good uh I really like the idea that twelve teams a lot more than what we presently have.
4: Yeah. So the next thing uh, point about Huh?
3: until the next thing they oh, can play about I was just
4: going to say I'm back am back
2: okay Uh well JB what are you, what are your thoughts on the uh on the 12 the new 12 team format uh that's going to start for the college football playoff in 2024 I think
4: I uh well I posted back when uh Jim uh posted I forget when it was uh i i am against the 12 team format uh-huh. i prob i probably would go with maybe six teams or eight teams i wouldn't go as far as 12 12 well 12, 12 teams you're gonna get a you're gonna get uh, it's all according to how they do it too. You yeah. Know, are they gonna Are they gonna go by the uh, you know winners of uh, you know each uh, division and stuff, or are they gonna go by uh, the one well, the, you know win loss well, record? We don't well, know. what they're
2: doing, what they're what they're doing. Uh, this is according to the NCAA officially. Uh, it would be made up of the six conference champions that are ranked the highest by the committee. And the other six teams would be the six highest ranked teams not among the conference champions.
4: Okay. So
2: basically the six six highest conference champions (sighs) would be part of the college football playoff.
4: to me i'm i'm going I'm against i'm going against everybody uh you know on here uh to yeah. me i think that 12 is uh too many too many teams i still think okay sure 8 6 or 8 is a good uh number you know in in my opinion that's the way i'm uh, thinking
2: Well, I mean, I, it would kind of make sense if it, if it were six or eight because I mean we see we see the NBA, you know, before they did the play in tournament, the NBA would have a conference have the top eight seeds to make the playoffs. So, you know, uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they would if they would expand it to six or eight, but. Uh, yeah. You know, the like I said earlier, the twelve uh, bringing in twelve teams, it kind of basically makes bowl games more meaningful now
0: because
2: now you know you're not going to have bowl games that are going to be like, oh, well, you know, we're not in the college football playoff, so you know, let's just sit a lot, let's just sit most of our players. Uh, that would normally play because they're going to be, you know, they're going to be going into the NFL draft and they don't want to potentially get injured. Uh, so let's yeah. sit our, uh, let's sit some of our players that don't want to play in the, in the uh, bowl game. Right. When instead, yeah. if you're, if then, you're in the then again, playoff, you know,
4: if it does go to 12, you know, it, you know i do agree with uh you know whatever what uh you know all the other guys said it does uh you know we wouldn't uh, see the uh you know top teams we would get more diverse uh you know we would see uh you know a lot more uh you know a lot more teams uh you know that get a chance
2: yeah, like if you if you see like for example last year the Cincinnati Bearcats and the Iowa Hawkeyes, who mm. you know had had just uh, incredible seasons, and I believe they ended up missing out on the college or was it did, did they make the college football playoff last year?
4: I think Which, you know, I was, think the other I I think it was. Not last year. The other year, Cincinnati was like uh, twelve and zero, or something yeah, like that. Cincinnati. They were they it were was, undefeated.
2: Yeah, they were thirteen. They were thirteen and one. Thirteen and mm. one. Uh, yes. Wait a minute. Hang on. No, they were thirteen and zero, and they had made the college football playoff before losing. <laughs> In the college football playoff, uh, it was Alabama, Michigan, Georgia, and Cincinnati.
4: And, they, and, and Cincinnati, played, on the Cincinnati played. Cincinnati uh, played Georgia.
2: So, and, if, if this twelve-team if this twelve-team format was in effect last year, you would have seen Notre Dame, Ohio State, Baylor, Ole Miss, Oklahoma State, Michigan mm-hmm. State, Utah, and Pittsburgh all make the college football playoff.
4: Yeah, and even I uh, mentioned, I didn't think that uh, the only the only reason UC was ranked so high was, number one, because of their record, and number two, mainly because they beat uh, Notre Dame like about, what, the fifth, uh, it was like the fifth game of the season or something like that, and UC was ranked... Uh, way down there or they weren't ranked and they'd be the fifth ranked uh Notre Dame team. And uh, I really didn't think that UC deserved to be in the college football uh, you know, playoffs, but even uh Jim said, you know, they a lot of these teams, you know, they go by uh, you know, what these teams uh records are.
2: Yeah, they go by they go by either record or they go by uh you know who would be like I said ratings play ratings play a huge factor in terms okay. of uh seedings or not seedings but you know who who ultimately makes the college football playoff over over the other. So, yeah. Uh that's why I, say here, I, okay. think Al- I think Alabama I think Alabama and Ohio State will make it over TCU and USC. yeah so I do, I do think out of the two teams, I think I think TCU has the best opportunity to stay, considering the fact that they lost a slim margin as opposed to USC, who had a gigantic lead, and then they decided to take the entire second half off and end yeah. up losing the way they did. So, anyways, though, we have some MLB news to talk about. In particular, uh, we have a couple of signings, and the biggest one uh, is Jake DeGrom, Jacob DeGrom leaving the New York Mets to sign a five-year deal worth $185 million million. with a six-year option with a six-year option that could take the total to $222 million, uh, also contains a full no-trade clause with the Texas Rangers. You're giving a six-year deal to a guy who's 34 years old, and he's been limited to just 26 starts
0: the last two years. That's the key right there, Mm -hmm. the amount of starts. And I'm a a big Mets fan, and I love DeGrom, but he he took the money. Uh, I, he's not chasing a pennant in uh, Texas, from what I can see. But uh, no. that's an insane amount of money. I don't even know if I can call them. I'm not really – I'm obviously not happy with it, but he he was breaking down left and right, and then he came back and really wasn't good when they did their huge nosedive last year. And then he wakes up and leaves for the Rangers. So it's like, yeah, it's pretty disheartening. Yeah. That's a ton of money, though. I, need to the uh, I mean, the Rangers have to vastly overpay to try, try to be competitive. So, uh, crazy contract. Yeah,
2: yeah. It's it's just it's just insane because I mean, he joined, clearly. He's the best option in their rotation now with John Gray, Mar- Martin Perez, and uh, Jake Odorizzi. He's clearly the number one option in their uh, rotation now. But I mean a guy who's been limited to because of injuries the last two years, he's 34 years old and you're signing him to a five-year deal. That'll take him to 30. You don't even know if his skills are even going to hold up. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's players like there's players like Verlander who are winning Cy Young awards at the age of 39 and are looking for three-year deals for uh, in free agency to play until they're 42. But, DeGrom, you know, it, it, you, you don't really see those type of players all that often. And DeGrom, I mean, yeah, DeGrom was the best option, you know, easily the best option for the Mets, even when he was injured. But, come on, you know, how, yeah. how much long? F- first off, how much longer can you really expect Degrom to to pitch at the level he's pitching at? Two years, three And also, and also the fact that you're giving out yet a, yet another huge contract just to finish in next to last place in your division again. Well,
0: they got to really overpay to try to get someone like Degrom. It's the, yeah. the Mets have none of those big Matt Wheeler, Syndergaard, Degrom, Harvey, the big five. They're all gone. It all it all went up in smoke. Wow. Yeah. And
2: as for, as and as for the Mets, uh, you know, this is a huge loss for the Mets to lose Degrom. Yes. Because now, you know, they've they've basically lost their ace, essentially. I mean, yeah, they can obviously move on to Scherzer as their new ace, but uh, that New York rotation has taken a pretty huge hit with this news today or, or whenever it was.
3: Yeah.
0: But. Now I mean, I guess The Mets are probably just going to get Verlander, and, and like he's 40. So it's like, Jesus, now they yeah. have Two old mercenaries, Degrom or sorry, Scherzer and Verlander. I mean, whatever. That's very disheartening.
2: Yeah, it but looks DeGrom like Verlander will be the next. A uh, Verlander is probably going to be is probably going to be the uh, their next option, from what it sounds like.
0: Yeah, and I like him, but he's forty. So it's, uh, you know, but I, I mean, he's less injury. Prompt, he will. Yeah, that's true too. Forty. But he's still good. But he's you know. I don't know. They're both. He did, he did yeah, just Ford's win art. a Cy Young. He did just win a Cy yeah. Young this year. Yeah, well, I like the move. It's just the I like the homegrown, but, you know, those dreams are over. A lot of these, a lot of the athletes now yeah. move around. Like you know, it's like very rare to find someone who stays their whole career with one organization. The sad reality of uh, professional sports now. Yeah.
2: Oh, and by the way, I forgot to add as well, uh, the Mets are in on Carlos Rodon as well. Uh-huh. Okay. So
0: well, if they go, that's if another they get potential them. option. I wonder if they can get both of them. I don't know.
2: However, though, uh, not only are the Mets in on Rodon, but also New York, uh, or the Yankees, San Francisco, uh, the Dodgers, and Texas. Uh, as well as the Orioles are also in on Rodon as well. There's a lot of competition. And also uh, maybe a little bit of, um, of news here, potentially. Uh, and if you're a Yankee fan, I kind of Feel sorry for you right now. Aaron okay. Judge has reportedly removed all mentions of the Yankees no from way. all uh, from Come all on. of his social media please. accounts. Mm-hmm. And from what it sounds like, according to an MLB insider he will sign a nine-year deal in free agency with whichever team it is
4: oh boy it'll likely
2: be a nine-year guaranteed contract as he has uh, he's currently engaged in contract negotiation and contract discussions with both the Yankees as well as the Giants so uh, also the LA Dodgers are, apparently are also interested but he they only want to sign him to a short-term deal apparently so Uh, which could be around the range of what uh, Max Scherzer had signed with the Mets last year, the three-year, $130 million contract that Scherzer had signed. Uh, Judge, uh, according to ESPN earlier this week, he had been offered an eight-year contract in the range of $300 million. And it sounds like that may have come from the Yankees. So the fact that he has removed all Yankee mentions from his social media accounts, that does not sound good for Yankee fans. No, it doesn't. Wow. Could be nothing. It could be nothing,
3: but it could also be something. All right, so let's not assume then.
0: Yeah. It ain't over till it's over. Hopefully it doesn't follow right. uh, DeGrom's footsteps of just uh, – chasing that money yeah i mean either way their grandparents and their or their grandsons and daughters are going to be set with the money they make i mean i you know what i'm saying Degrom, it's like he would have lived comfortably in new york yeah. so would judge but yeah they I, you're not going to win a world series as a giant or as a texas ranger that's what i said no yeah
2: However, though, the Giants are also heavily involved in not just Aaron Judge, oh. but they are also heavily involved in talks with Kodai Senga as well, coming over from Japan.
0: Oh, yeah. So man.
2: it sounds like the Giants are ready to make some major moves this offseason. So I'm assuming that Judge would not be the only big name that they would land yeah. if they do land it. No,
0: Judge would make a huge impact anywhere he goes. Of course, he's probably best hitter in baseball, but like we've touched upon him a couple of weeks ago on the show. I mean that that lineup with or without him is that giant lineup is weak. I mean one player is not yeah. going to make a huge not going he'll make him a good lineup. It's not like, "Oh my god, look at the Padres lineup. It's t- so much yeah. better than them." With or without Judge, much better lineup than San Francisco. And then you got mm-hmm. the Dodgers, well, yeah. That's just in the, that's just in the division. Dodgers and Padres far superior lineup, with or without judge, with or without him. So I don't know. I don't think he's winning a ring in San Fran, but yeah, I kind of, I hope he stays in New York, even as a Mets fan. I mean, I don't uh, know. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Also, uh,
2: also earlier this week, uh, the Boston Red Sox, they have signed uh former LA Dodger reliever, Chris Martin, to a two year deal uh it will mm-hmm. be worth about seventeen and a half million dollars uh 30, he'll be thirty seven in june uh let's see uh, Baseball. yeah but he's still he's still a pretty effective reliever i mean when you when you when you take into account how bad the uh Red sox bullpen was last year. Chris Martin is actually yeah. considered an upgrade. So, you know, that's kind of saying something if 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 he's considered an upgrade. Uh, yeah. Mhm.
1: That
2: basically that basically means that your uh that your bullpen was kind of pathetic. Mhm but last year for the LA Dodgers he went 4 and 1 with a 3.05 ERA uh in his career out of the bullpen he's 9 and 16 with a 3.84 ERA and he was considered to be one of the um, he was considered to be among the elite in pitchers uh 94th percentile uh when it came to fastballs so uh, he still has something left in the tank, and obviously, you know he had a bad he had a bad year with Chicago last year. Uh, he went one and zero with Chicago with a four point three one ERA, but he turned things around after being traded to the Dodgers, where he went three and one with a one point four six ERA uh, through a combined fifty six innings between both clubs. So he's still effective as a reliever, uh, and honestly, would be considered an upgrade over anybody in that Boston bullpen, which is sad to say, but very, very true.
0: Hmm. Steve, I mean, uh, on the Red Sox, Red Sox front, any sorry, any quick update on a uh, any updates on Bogart? Uh, it looks like when it comes to Bogart's many.
2: Uh, insiders seem to believe that he will ultimately re-sign with Boston. However, uh, it looks like he is set to meet with the Philadelphia Phillies at some point before the winter meetings take place next week. Right uh, from, from what it sounds like, it sounds like Bogarts is projected to make a, pro, a deal approaching or exceeding $200 million, according to Ken Rosenthal. Uh, the Padres are reportedly interested in him, uh, as are the Phillies, the Yankees, and the Dodgers.
0: The Padres, they're not everyone, huh? Maybe you can bat eighth for the, I mean, they've about five all-star shortstops.
2: Yeah, and <laughs> and if he if he signs with the Padres, it would likely be a position change, because <sighs> the Padres reportedly, yeah. uh, when the Padres contacted his agent this week, uh, they asked Boris if he would be willing to uh, switch positions. Wow,
0: absurd! That's the big so, payroll, right? They- they yes.
2: have to have the highest payroll, right? Uh, you know what? Let me take a look at that, actually. Uh, let's yes. see who would have it. Track would probably have it. Um, let's see. Salary rankings. Here we go. Uh, No. I want... I want a team, not by player. Team payrolls.
0: Here we go. Okay.
2: Uh, so, atop the list as of now are the New York Mets at 164 million. Followed. Yeah, by, I, oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. No, hang on.
0: With about 25. Yeah. Yeah. 100, yeah. 100.
2: 164 million.
0: Actually, right now they're in tough shape. Uh, with, and Nemo. The Mets are in tough shape. Sorry. Go on. Yeah, with 33 players on the roster. Mm, wow.
2: Next are the New York Yankees with 39 players on the roster. The Yankees have a payroll of $162 million. Where are the Padres? The Padres are number 10 with 34 players at $128 million. Oh, and they have salary retention, too, because of the Eric Hosmer trade. So they're retaining Eric Hosmer's salary as well. Right. So let's see. Okay, the teams that are currently above the league average, you have the Mets in in order. You have the Mets, Mm -hmm. the Yankees, the Braves, the Angels, the White Sox, the Astros, the Rangers, and keep in mind, the Rangers are doing all this just to finish in dead last again, the Phillies, the Rockies, the Padres, the Blue Jays, the Cardinals, Dodgers, Giants, Tigers, and then Mariners. But then you get to the league average. And then below the league average – you have the Cubs, the Red Sox, the Diamondbacks, the Nationals, the Twins, the Reds, the Marlins, the Brewers, the Rays, hmm. the Royals, the Pirates, the Guardians, the, uh, the Orioles, well, and then list. the Athletics, and then the Athletics, who currently uh, do not have a payroll,
3: apparently. How do you not have a payroll?
2: <laughs> because everybody is in everybody is in either arbitration or they're in pre-arbitration.
3: Ah. Okay, now I get. It. I, mean, I thought every had, had to have a payroll.
2: Their projected payroll <laughs> is the, their projected payroll is only fifty million dollars.
3: Ah, the Cheapskate Plan. The Groupon. Yeah, basically.
0: Fred Wilpon,
3: Fred Coupon. right?
2: Wilpon. So, needless needless to say, uh, you know, even uh, the Padres, despite all of their uh, all of their moves that they've made, they're still not the top uh, not the top team when it comes to uh, payroll amounts. No, there's still nine other teams above them. But I could kind of see if they were to go after uh, if they were to go after Bogarts, it would be insurance for if uh, if they can't hold on to Soto. That's what it sounds like to me. But I think it's even yeah. worse for it's even worse for Boston though because if they lose Bogarts, it's almost guaranteed that they're going to lose Devers.
0: Mm. Devers uh, is not going to stay if Bogarts leaves. Suddenly, Boston is suddenly a small market team. Who would have thunk? Chain Bloom.
2: Yeah, yeah. All because, all because, uh, all because John Henry <laughs> would rather would rather focus on soccer or hockey than focus on the team uh, that made him all that money.
0: Yeah, it's a disgrace.
2: By the way, this just in: uh, Washington goaltender Darcy Kemper pulled in the second period due to Ooh. concussion protocol. Okay. So Charlie, so yep. Charlie Lindgren now replaces Darcy Kemper in net for the Washington Capitals, down two to one.
3: let me see.
2: And also, uh, Clem- the Clemson Tigers are your ACC champions with a 39-10 to victory over the North Carolina Tar Heels.
3: Yeah. I didn't think uh, Carolina was going to hold off. Yeah. And
2: right now, it seems pretty, pretty damn certain that Michigan will hold on to beat Purdue. They're currently up yeah. 36-19, to so... Still a ways to go, but still, I think they Still a ways to go, but Michigan will probably hold on there, right? Uh, let's see. We do have uh, we do have some news about Yasiel Puig. Uh, apparently, he has withdrawn his agreement that he would plead guilty in connection with an illegal gambling ring. Uh, so he has withdrawn yeah. that, saying that I want to clear my name. I never should have agreed to plead guilty to a crime I did not commit. Uh, and Puig's attorney told the L. A. Times, his attorney told the L. A. Times that significant new evidence has led to a change in approach to the case, and the belief of the defense is that Puig yeah. might have been might have been entrapped. Yeah. Talk about another head case. If tra- which, if true, could ca- if true it could ca- it could cause him to be innocent, potentially, because hmm. uh, because of the uh, of the way that investigators went after him. Or it wouldn't be in, it wouldn't be in tra- or it wouldn't be innocent, but it would be a mistrial. I think. Yeah, because of how. Uh, because of how uh, investigators went after him. Uh, he is expected to stand trial on mm-hmm. January 10th in U.S. District Court. Uh, obviously, he's been charged with making false statements in a federal investigation of an illegal sports sports betting operation. Uh, he is now expected to plead not guilty. And... Still, though, if convicted at trial, he could face a maximum sentence of five years in prison, it says mm-hmm. here, mm-hmm. which would effectively end any possibility that he would possibly try to make a, a major league return.
1: Uh,
2: earlier this week, the Tampa Bay Rays, they agreed uh, with a, to a deal with right-hander Zach Eflin, on the largest free agent deal made with the Tampa Bay Rays in Tampa Bay history. Three years, $40 million. That's literally no joke. That's literally the largest free agent deal in their entire franchise history that they have signed. So they have been cheapskates for years. Yes. (laughs) Uh, But Eflin Eflin, uh, transitioned to a relief role uh, later last season with the Philadelphia Phillies after he missed a significant chunk of time due to a right knee injury, and he ended up finishing with a 4.04 ERA across 75 and two-thirds innings. 20 appearances, 13 of them were starts. Uh, He declined a $15 million option last month to return to Philadelphia and now has managed to secure a long-term deal from the Tampa Bay
4: Rays. Uh,
2: Also, uh, according to ESPN's Jeff Passan, Matthew Boyd is in agreement on a contract with the Detroit Tigers. It will be a one-year, $10 million deal. He left Detroit last offseason for a one-year, $5.2 million deal with the Giants before he then got flipped to the Seattle Mariners at the trade deadline. Uh, He wound up logging only 13 and a third total innings this year, though the results were relatively promising when he was actually healthy. Uh, now he returns to a Tigers yeah. team that's aiming to bolster their pitching depth in an effort to move a little closer to title contention in 2023. And the indications are that Matthew Boyd will be used as right. a starter moving forward. But needless to say, uh, they're not, they're, I wouldn't expect them to, to be anywhere near contention for mm-hmm. quite some yeah. time. So, uh, all, uh, a little bit of shocking news in the NHL. Uh, Pittsburgh, star Pittsburgh Penguins defenseman Chris Letang has suffered a stroke yeah. and he will now be off the ice indefinitely, according to General Manager Ron Hextall. Uh, he was diagnosed with the stroke on Monday after suffering symptoms. Uh, the news was considered shocking, but uh, the player is currently in good spirits. Uh, mm. They thanked the medical staff and team phys- and the physicians at uh, the UPMC hospital. Uh, Latang had previously suffered a stroke back in 2014, and he missed over two months of that season as a result. So now for the foreseeable future, he has been ruled out of Penguins games. And who knows if he will even return
3: yeah. this season. Uh, I wish would say looking not. Uh, before
2: he played in 21 games, logging one goal and 11 assists, uh, in his career, he's made two all-star teams and he has won the Stanley cup twice, both with the Pittsburgh Penguins. And also, uh, in this week's bullshit alert, uh, Fox Sports' Jay Glazer has reported that the Jets won't start Zach Wilson until he regains his confidence. Glazer Which claims, ne- that, oh, that
3: be. Uh, to that, take a while.: Don't
2: hold your breath. Glazer, gl- Yeah, Glazer claims that Wilson's loss of confidence has led to myriad mechanical issues, including footwork. That has led to poor throws throughout the season. Uh, No,
0: he just sucks. Including not being able to throw a a spiral. It's not
2: a lack of confidence. It's not a lack of confidence. (laughs) He just
0: sucks.
3: He just sucks. Uh, He was good one
0: season. One one season with one season. One season at BYU with no crowd in the stadium. (laughs) He he sucks. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jets head coach Robert Sala uh,
2: has said this week that the team would work with Wilson to improve his mechanics. And NFL Network's Ian Rappaport reported on Wednesday that Wilson has struggled with the yips since the spring. Uh, and, and from uh, the fact that he's still trying to perfect the most basic functions of an NFL signal caller it's probably not gonna be a short term issue. So it sounds yeah. like for the time for, for now Mike White will probably retain the starting gig for the foreseeable future. And I mean Mike right.
0: White played wow. a hell of a lot better than
2: than Zach Wilson
0: ever did. He's Black legit and White. they have weapons. They have a they have a really good defense. He's he's the answer. <laughs> Zach Wilson's done in New York. Yeah.
2: And here's the thing too. It's not even uh you know Wilson is completely benched, period, like he won't even dress for games, yeah, he's benched period,
3: and he
0: should be okay. so, uh yeah he's like i said
3: the, the the lock mm-hmm. the, lo-
0: the locker room didn't like him, he's immature, i mean there's no there's no sign pointing to him getting that job back in New York, exactly.
2: Yeah, there's no there, there there's no reason to believe that he would real that he would even you know, get uh get to be a starter one Especially yeah. uh with the way with the way he has carried himself as a member of the Jets. Totally right. agree. Okay. Uh also according to Fox Sports' Andy Slater uh, Odell Beckham Jr. was kicked off of a flight from Miami to L.A. last Sunday, uh, mm-hmm. and according to he was booted from the flight after he was seen in and out of consciousness, and he wouldn't put on his seatbelt. According to yeah. flight mm-hmm. flight attendants had reportedly feared that o, that Odell Beckham Jr. was seriously ill. All of the passenger all of the passengers had to deboard the plane. And also, basically, uh, he was—he, it, it was said that he refused to leave the plane,
1: and mm-hmm. he even
2: ended up—he ended up buckling himself uh, because it, what he claims—he claims that he fell asleep, and he fell asleep right. before takeoff, and normally. Uh, you know, normally passengers are given the opportunity to buckle their seatbelts if if they're just asked to do so. He claims that they never that he claims that they never asked him anything. They literally just woke him up and tell him get the fuck off of the plane.
0: Yeah, that, that's yeah. what happened to Odell. We believe you, Odell. Yeah. So uh it is notable
2: he was not detained or arrested as a result of the uh right. of the incident though so uh just just didn't make the just didn't make the flight and he ended up uh he ended up taking a private jet anyways to uh to wherever he was going so Uh, Just a little bit of basketball news. Uh, According to Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN, the Boston Celtics and Al Horford have agreed on a two-year extension worth about $20 million. Uh,
0: Horford is
2: in the final season of his current contract, so the agreement will keep him from hitting free agency. Uh, He'll be 39 years old at the end of the extension, so there is a real possibility that this contract will be Horford's last contract in the NBA. Uh, he has been a key player for the Boston Celtics in both of his stints with the franchise. And this season, his presence has helped Boston navigate the absence of Robert Williams, uh, who's, who's been out with knee surgery uh, without much trouble. And speaking of Robert Williams, uh, he is on the road to recovery. And as a matter of fact, he has started playing scrimmages. So it sounds nice. like maybe perhaps that that Christmas day uh trajectory may not be that far off for him to return. That's huge. Yeah, that's going to be huge for a team
0: that is currently still leading the away. NBA right now. They're going to get a ring. They're going to get a ring this year or next year. They're 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 ready. Yeah. I really think an so. eighteen
2: and an eighteen and five record, and they ended up narrowly losing to the Miami Heat last night just because they can't win a single game in overtime to save their lives. That's literally yes. the only reason why they lost uh, well that and also and also Jimmy Butler was playing out of his mind last night with some of the shots that he was putting up it sure was uh. And also, Jason Tatum had an off night, so that didn't help things either. Uh, however, Jalen well, Brown did. shot out of his mind too, including including shooting a Steph Curry like shot from thirty feet out. That actually may have been a it may mm-hmm. have been a fade uh, a fade three point attempt too. I, I have to I have to rewatch that, but it may have been a
0: fade that he <laughs> had shot.
2: Uh Boston is expected to be- or they're scheduled to play Brooklyn tomorrow night, yeah as Brooklyn looks to uh improve to five straight wins while Boston looks to recover from that overtime loss to the miami heat
3: uh,
2: I will say this uh with Jimmy Butler back, Miami's prospects are looking pretty good moving forward uh as it's it's very clear, based off of last night's game, that they play a hell of a lot better uh, with Jimmy Butler in the lineup than, well, not not just in the lineup, but with, when Jimmy Butler's on the floor, than when he's on the bench. And it's not just it's not just playing better in terms of him; it's playing better like other players. Are are actually improved by him just being on the floor. Uh, yeah, let's see. Yeah. Uh, we also do have. Uh, oh, according to Jason Mackey of the Pittsburgh Post Gazette, Brian Reynolds, star outfielder Brian Reynolds, has requested a trade for Pirates. Uh, however. Uh, It's been added that the Pirates aren't immediately moving to facilitate a deal of any sort. Reynolds has been at the epicenter of trade rumors the last few seasons, and it's possible he could be jettisoned during the upcoming winter meetings, which are scheduled uh, for tomorrow, beginning tomorrow in San Diego. Uh, The 27-year-old outfielder who remains arbitration eligible for two additional seasons before reaching free agency in 2026 batted a robust 262 batting average with a career high 27 homers and 7 amazing. stolen bases uh with Pittsburgh.
0: Wow. Yeah, he's a great player.
2: Yeah. And also one other note, uh the Orioles and free agent right-hander Kyle Gibson have agreed to a one-year deal. Uh Gibson wasn't really much to write home about for Philadelphia last year, a pedestrian 5.05 ERA across 167 and two thirds innings through 31 starts. So not really much to write home about with him, but no, that is though going to end it for us tonight. Uh, We have about just two minutes left. So I just want to give a quick reminder to any Survivor fans. Thursday night, the Survivor 43 recap show uh, at 9 o'clock Eastern on blogtalkradio.com slash MissyAE. If you haven't done so yet, subscribe to the MissyAE show by going to blogtalkradio.com slash MissyAE. You can find us on iTunes, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and I'm sure there's yeah. other ones that I'm forgetting right now, but I at this point I I don't even know. My mind is elsewhere at this point. Uh, but <laughs> right. thank you. Uh, yeah. Thank you to Lou. Thank you to Lou. Thank you to Diane. My thank pleasure you to Steve. Alex. And thank you to J B for joining me tonight. Uh we will be back next Saturday night for another edition of Sports Whispers Weekly. Uh, Everybody have a good rest of your weekend, and we will see you guys next Saturday night. Uh, Good night, night, guys.
4: And see you, Lou. See you, Alex.
2: See you, guys. Thanks. Yeah. Have a good night, everybody.
4: Okay. All right.